Ladies and gentlemen, jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. HagmanReport.com. That's where you go for all of the news information analysis that you need to know. HomelandSecurityUS.com coming alive in Hagman and Hagman for show information. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for your belief and trust in us as we walk through this minefield of current events together. My goodness, we've got... Uh, what do we have? We've got North Korea. We've got May Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the occult aspects. Yeah, yeah. Get into it. Let's get into it right away, folks. There was a, yesterday. There was a a shooting in Los Angeles. Uh, five people were shot. One was was killed at some pool. And then today, there's been a couple uh, uh, violent acts that have happened in Texas. One one in Dallas. And one at the University of Austin where um, a student went on a stabbing spree, killing one and injuring at least three others. It was described as a Bowie-style hunting knife as U.K. Police Chief David Carter identified the suspect as 21-year-old Kendricks J. White. And he was a biology major and was expected to graduate in 2018. And... um a lot of people are are shocked and, and outraged uh, by this. this. This happened around 1.45 p.m. near the Gregory Gym, home to the school's women's volleyball team. And uh, the suspect, again, is in custody, and one person has died. Three other victims were found approximately a block away, and there is no update or word on the conditions of the injured, and the police have not... Um, released or provided information as to the possible motive. Um, three of the student race description of the, of the, the suspect. The suspect was was a, an African American man. The victims one was a white, uh, one was Asian, and that's all that's being reported in the Fox News report here. All right, so he's a black guy, went on a stabbing spree with a Bowie knife. Yeah, and what's interesting, he's a, a biology major who is expected to graduate just next year. So, gotta ask, why would uh, why the need for the violence? Um, also, interesting, uh, interesting uh, situation. You mentioned North Korea. Um, Japan has sent one of its uh, top naval destroyers to back up the U.S. destroyers that are in the Yellow Sea and the Sea of Japan, uh, strengthening the the allies against North Korea's uh, hardware and numbers uh, in case of a potential outbreak in with war or conflict. But uh, today, Trump also said that he would sit down and meet with the North Korean president or dictator Kim Jong-un, which I highly doubt would happen, but um, apparently extending the olive branch is a part of the diplomacy or part of his diplomacy. Tonight, we got a great show lined up. We have uh, Russ Dizdar coming on. He's going to be talking about the occult origins of of May Day, uh, and can, can we say that we we spent some time with him yesterday? Yes, we can. 
Uh, we had a lot of fun. Store. Um, yeah, my dad and I yesterday morning, we, we, uh, packed up the car and headed down to see Russ, who only lives a few hours away from us. And we were given a, a tour of, of his beautiful house and then of his studio. He fed us lunch. We sat down and talked about the Awaken to the Shaken conference that we're going to be at at the end of this week. That's right. All yeah, together yeah, in, yeah. in Gurney, Illinois. We went over, um, we did go over certain, uh, aspects of the, the occult. The satanic aspects of what's taking place, and of course, uh, the Black Awakening. I think people really need to pay pay close attention to that. Um, and, and Russ has got uh, he works closely with the law enforcement folks. Let me tell you something. He he knows that of which he speaks. Uh, very intelligent, very very knowledgeable, and um, he. I could listen to him hours upon hours. Let's get him on. Come on! All right, we're 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 trying to do that. His program just uh, you know gets yeah he, he ends right at seven right. So hopefully he's going to have a chance to get a glass of water. But you know you mentioned Awakening of the Shake and just putting the finishing touches on uh, our presentations. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Pedagate uh, slash PizzaGate. I, I say that PizzaGate. It's it's really a misnomer. I don't like that term, but uh, people know it as such. So we'll just uh, go with what most people are familiar with. That's going to be my one of my presentations, as well as uh, the Islamic uh, terrorist, uh, Islamic infiltration. And then Joe's got a, a presentation as well on uh, being a Christian and, of course, living in living as a Christian in, in the world uh, in the devil's in world, the devil's world, especially so, in these uh, yeah. these end times. And it's going to be, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I got a chance to, you were on Dave Hodges' show last night. I yes. got to do uh, Pastor Paul Begley's show, and we talked a little bit about the conference. Um, and one thing I got to talk about is, um, you know, when you are creating a presentation, uh, uh, a presentation that is focused on, on one subject matter, or um, what I wanted to do was uh, I started doing research first before I decided what kind of, uh, title or or message I wanted to give. I was doing research in a number of different areas, and it it gave me it was an interesting opportunity to look in a number of of areas and issues where I normally wouldn't just as part of our uh, research for doing the the show. And I still have to to put it all together, um, but just some of the things that I learned while while putting together the presentation. Uh, got enough stuff to do probably three or four presentations with uh with the research but it's I'm really looking forward to it it's going to be it's going to be fun and I'm looking forward to hearing what Russ does I'm looking forward to yeah. hearing what, what you have to do um, and folks it's going to be a very quick conference it's two days it's the the admission charge is really prohibitive um it's free and there's, there's a baptism uh, going to yeah. be taking place there too which those are always uh very powerful and and such a blessing to be a part of with that, we have Russ, who is on with us. Uh, Russ, it's been a wait, wait a second. Before we bring Russ on, I just want to mention, ladies and gentlemen, that the business owners, people who own businesses, portions of nice broadcast brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Folks, if you own a business, are you hiring? Do you operate a business? Are you hiring? That's the basic question. Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? We've got the answer, ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. More on that later. Go ahead, Joe. I'll talk kick it back to you there. All right. Russ Dizdar, uh, welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. 
hey, am I on right now? I'm looking at you guys. I'm not sure. Are we good on the side? Yeah, we're good. Uh, I hey, think we good. Just, good to see go. you. All right. I had to do this really quick running from one spot over there, so I just uh, linked it up, and it seems I see you guys good. We can see you. We see you as well. And, and boy, that was familiar. Yeah, since yesterday, I know right, right yeah. where you got there. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you know what, Joe? I had, I just, a little bit, about an hour ago, I, I finished up on some of those ribs that you didn't take home with you. <laughs> no, so. before you came on, Russ, we were, uh, ex- explaining to people that we got a chance to get together yesterday and, uh, you gave us a tour of your beautiful house and studio and you fed us a great lunch and, uh, we got to sit around and, and talk, um, about a number of, of, uh, interesting subjects and, uh, the food was great. Thank you, by the way. That was fantastic. Sure. Beautiful, beautiful sure. wife, beautiful family. Uh, Russ, May 1st, uh, 2017, here we are. Where do you want to start? Wow. I mean, um, this, it just fits into all of what goes on. I mean, this, it's like, it's like throwing gas on the fire. I mean, all during the year we see, uh, you know, the ritual stuff that we deal with, the underground that we deal with, we, what we've seen over the years and years. I keep seeing the growth the development, the, it, it just never ceases. So when I come to Beltane, Walpurgis, uh, it's, and again, it starts really 10, 12 days ago when they do abductions. So you've got the satanic Luciferian side, you've got the modern day popular Satanist side to look at, you've got witches, pagans, druids, new style witches, pagan, druids, you've got new agers, um, so there's, um, uh, globally, there's a massive, um, engagement talking hundreds of millions engaged with this timing now last night and then today it's the big stuff uh last night would have been human sacrifice uh today you know again whether you're looking at i mean if you're looking at wiccans that's one thing if you're looking at pagans um and 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 they're they're gathering whether you go back to scandinavia and germany and italy and all the rest of that uh but we bring it here today they're gathering it's all about engaging the spirits ultimately um but and as and as 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 they open the doors that's one thing but when we deal with the underground that really opens the doors uh these are coordinated i'm going to tell you that i would believe we're talking 10 20 million on a global scale did rituals last night and maybe today too let that sink in 10 to 20 million people engaged in occult rituals just last night we'll say wow all right 10 to 20 million. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. Now, I, I, okay. Um, what about the, the human, and I don't even know how far or if you want to get into this. You had mentioned the, the human sacrifice. Yeah. What, what are we looking at there? Yeah, I mean, that's, that goes all the way back to the Druids, too. And, I mean, it's... It's what modern-day Wiccans and Druids don't want to tell, or modern-day Wiccan, Wiccans and Pagans and others. They don't want to get into this too much, but the history of it goes back, you know, to those origins of the gods and goddesses, giving them, appeasing them in the changing of the seasons, uh, depending on what, it, what, you know, what that appeasing is. You go back to the Old Testament, you got human sacrifice. You go to real Luciferians, and they're, they are the real satanic ritual abusers. Uh, the ones that have produced 100 million victims worldwide. That means that they are going to do what they did in the days of Moloch and, and the Baals. Um, their books prescribe in detail human sacrifice. Uh, that side knows the number one way to get 
the dark, powerful demons from that side to this side is through human sacrifice, through the blood sacrifice. We can go to the details about that. It's ugly stuff, but that's Chechen Itza. That's the ziggurats around the world. That's in the days of the Nephilim. Anywhere you go in the world, they did this. I mean, the Aztecs, 140,000 human skulls on racks. Um, the the Mayans, uh, 50 to 70,000 human sacrifices just in the last few years. Uh, Vadelsberg Castle, the Saxons, it goes back, they call it Neanderthal skulls, most likely Nephilim skulls, but they did human sacrifice there. Um, so it is, there's, a, there's a global history of this, but it's the underworld, Doug and Joe. It's the underworld um, that knows that this is what they, this is their powerhouse. This is their place of power, human um, ritual uh, sacrifice and the blood that shed. So this would be like wow. um, their Christmas, if you will. Uh, in a real sense, yeah. I mean, I mean, anything that we do, you know, in a in a public sense, they want to do the opposite underground. Uh, even like, well, and I would say again, when you when you come to October thirtieth, thirty first, when you come to All, All Hallows Eve, you're going to have the same thing. Now, you anybody can look up the and just look it up, Satanic Ritual Abuse Calendar. Open Scroll has one of the best ones. It goes back to somebody else that, that produced it. Now, back in the days when we did this and I was in as a police chaplain, nobody had this. Now it's on the web, but these are the dates. And you're going to see human sacrifice all year long at different times. You're going to see sexual sacrifice, blood sacrifice. You're going to see all kinds of rituals, satanic revels, demon revels. And then you've got Bohemian Grove, which everybody's focused on July 15th, and that's important because that's, there's been revelation about it. That's a real human sacrifice. But where there's real human sacrifice and the demons, and this is what we don't, and, and, and not that we need to understand the dark side. We definitely are forbidden to experience it, the deep things of Satan. But if you go to Bohemian Grove, the norm would be, okay, the 15th of July, they do the human sacrifice, the cremation of care. They summon demons to put on all the world leaders, um, but during the year, they're going to do rituals all during the year. You do not have a high place only opened up once a year. That thing's going to be running constantly. And here's here's a premise. Because it's not just the tens of millions of practitioners that we've grown into now. It's the other side that has an agenda to get here onto this side to lead the world down the road to Armageddon. What we're talking about right here has everything to do with Armageddon, by the way. And leading us ultimately there. Um, so human sacrifice is the underworld's number one way in which they draw spirits and open the door for them to come across. Uh, and I could talk about the five primary reasons if you want me to. Yes. In fact, please. Um. Okay. And they're not good. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm going to, like, like I told you about what we have here, I'm going to show you slides. I hope next time down the road we can set up the, the slide thing and I'll show you. Not, not that we want to show everybody else, but when I was uh, in the police academies and stuff, we saw these slides. I, I have a lot of them now. Um, somebody just wrote me on Facebook. They was asking, cause I talked about, you might have heard me talk about the girl, the, the pink head. Um, yes, but, but for it, for, and you, and you may have seen it. I don't know. But it's a law enforcement film. Right. 
and I saw it first at Death Tech in Geneva, Ohio, years ago. Um, teenage girl, run away, got involved with some satanic stuff. They drew her into a to a satanic meeting. Of course, what what ultimately comes out is that they sexually abused her, tied her down. Is it okay to tell you everything? Yes, go ahead. I, I mean, I, I know the story, so I, I don't have a problem. I don't, I don't think the audience would have a problem. Well, with that. They, they, cut, they cut around her ear and ears and around the back of her and underneath her chin, and they peeled her face and skin and everything off. So in my mind, I still see, and it's emotional for me, um, I still see a teenage girl's pink head. Right. They cut her just her head. Um and so, and I've seen other slides. I mean, I've seen slides with pentagrams carved in the chest and arms out, tongues out, left hands cut off. You know, we've seen so many of these ugly, brutal things, and we've been told by the victims of so many. We've been shown pictures. Of course, victims will draw pictures and stuff. They're not as bad. But to see some of it, um, and to know they do this to babies in the Black Mass, the real French version of the Black Mass involves the slaughter of a baby, and the, and the slaughter of an innocent is big to them. So, um, you know, right. this is this is real huge stuff. Number one, they do the physical secrecy because they know it's crime. Um, this is not Chechen Itza. This is not the Aztecs. They can't do it in the public square as of yet. Um, mm. So it's all underground. It's all hidden. Like Moloch, like Baal, but it's done nevertheless. And listen, and it's very important. They don't kill dead bodies. The always in human sacrifice, they're alive. And describe to me and the confiscated materials and books of shadows. Talk about how they do it slowly, so as to create the highest levels of torture, to bring about the highest levels of pain and terror and fear, and then sexually manipulating them to draw up the human en- energies, as they call it. So the demons can come and grab a hold of this, and then when they kill the person, of course, then supposedly they're to get the favor of the demons that they just appeased. You know, Russ, I'm just going to um, kind of supplement what you said by saying this. With uh, when when this subject called Pizzagate came out, as known as Pizzagate, back subsequent to um, October 3rd. One thing I noticed, and I know you've done research as well, I've noticed the parallels between what we saw with respect to the images on Instagram by by people who posted the images and some of the artwork shown and some of the pictures shown. There's a parallel to what you're referring to right now with respect to the the children, the victims, the suffering, the horror, and what some people call art. Marina Abramovic for one, saying it's art. Well, of course, it's only art depending on where, where the venue, you know. Right. right. So, I just want to kind of just say that because yeah. a lot of people yeah. are poo-pooing this. Oh, it's just it's nothing. Well, no, no. And um, mm-hmm. well, okay, go ahead, continue. Yes. Well, and again, what we you know what we might might have glanced over in the Old Testament, we have huge human sacrifice in the Old Testament, huge. This is why there's major scripture that forbid engagement with sorcerers, wizards and peep, and necromancers, and the the slaughter of the sons and daughters, like Manasseh did in Second Kings 22:23. So you have you have the Old Testament packed with this all around Israel. They're doing human sacrifice. 
Um, any any deep study will show you this is linked to the Nephilim, by the way. And I believe the Nephilim on a global scale, the ziggurats, the pyramids, the, the temples, the architecture of the Nephilim included a daily and a non-stop human sacrifice because it was like the gas. It's like the gas pump, demonically. The, the fueling of their power, the, the building, the, 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 in, you know, the infusing of new powers and, and, and to, uh, kind of seal their, their demonic development of civilization. So we can look at old civilizations and see Nephilim-oriented, demonically, uh, developed, um, temples and places and, and, I mean, look at Chechen Itza. That's, that's all based on, uh, the realm of the demonic side and Kasikwadl most likely was Nephilim and they did thousands of human sacrifices. You go to the cenotes, the little pools of water, dive in. You're going to find human skulls and skeletons, uh, teenage girls that were throwing themselves to the demon gods convinced, uh, to give themselves as virgins to the demon gods. That's what that side does in in subjugating and tricking tricking you know humanity you know lost and separated from God. So they're they're doing this to draw. Manasseh was convinced that to give up his son in a human sacrifice where he would be fried alive, not just killed, fried alive in the pans of Mol, uh, of Moloch, um, because. Doug and Joe, let me let me say it very frankly. I don't even think the church understands the dark, hideous nature of the demonic and satanic realm. What they are, they are, they they revel in it. They love the human. They love to just. I mean, you can think of some of the worst serial murderers and killers and what they did to bodies. That's that to me is just a, a tiny picture of what the demonic side, satanic side, loves to engage. They love to do it. And Russ, you talked about the um the the feeding off of energy, whether uh, we've heard in the past, you know, uh, even in Alistair Crowley's book, they talk of he talks about um, you know, when sacrificing a, a young uh female boy uh, to basically get them very scared before killing in order to drink the blood to get some type of adrenaline. But you referenced something else, uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, hyping up the fear and, and all that so that the, the demons can feed off of that and, and harvest that energy. When they, when, when that's done, does that unlock, uh, you know, the further uh, potential for evil to spread on the earth? Does that, you know, help, uh, not only empower them, but what, what else does that uh, help achieve? Well, take a look just real quick, a backdrop to this. Jesus, the blood of Christ, the sinless blood of Christ being shed. And then just late, you know, 40 days later or so, Pentecost, the unleashing of the power of the Spirit of God for all those who believed in the blood of the Lamb and received Christ. So the Spirit of God is given and comes to indwell only when we believe on the real Christ who shed his blood. There's real fit to me. There's real physics to that. So in the dark sides, um, explaining it to me, uh, one of the one one uh, says, "Hey, Russ, you know there's salt in the blood." Well, yeah, there's salt in blood. Well, that's crystal. You know that demonic presence can be uh, conjured and put into crystal and put into gems, just like the throne of God in Revelation four and five. The presence of God just seems to be enveloped around crystallite, sapphire, you know, and so forth, onks. Um, 
So the and, and Satan in Ezekiel twenty you know twenty eight his tablets and he, he all the gems that his presence was embedded he was created with these gems so it's, it seems as though his presence emanated through and had some kind of there's there's some way the physics of coming through that well in the in the in the I think this this is just my opinion now I think the demons who inspire the people and subjugate them in their blindness and stupidity and lead them into thinking this is good, this is okay, they're going to get things, take these kids, take these people, do the sexual stuff. That raises sexual energies, but that's not enough. Now, they have sex rituals, and they can transfer a demon from a priest into a victim through a sex ritual. They, they, they all know that demons can be transferred into sex ritual and, and in a perverted sexuality. But they also know that the the number one way is then in the in the raising of those energies. Here's I believe the demons they simply love the torture. They love, you know, you and I, Joe. There's no question we love those ribs, didn't we? We I mean we yeah. we had some good food. We we ate some good food. Um, there's things I love. I I don't have one, but if I ever had, I would I would love to. I love the the Indian motorcycle. I think it's a really cool looking bike. Um, you know, so we all know what it is to like something and feel good about something. We have favorite things. We must realize the demonic entities have feeling, they have mind, they have emotion, um, and I believe I believe they love the human. They love human destruction and pain. It's one way at getting at God. It's one way at at, at striking God and hitting God to to decimate humanity. And and they it seems like they they are drawn to fear. They're drawn to panic. They're drawn to the terror. And then once you and listen, I can tell you rituals. Even um, there's a songwriter that has a song, and in her lyrics, because she was satanically ritually abused, um, in her lyrics she talks about the pop of skin, scarlet. The the first cut. It's almost as though the demons are just waiting. You know, like like dogs who didn't eat for days are waiting for the meat to be thrown. Um, and, and so it's almost as though then they're, they just draw near to that and they may attach to the crystal and get, when the person's killed, then come through that to perform the rest of the stuff. Wow. Very interesting. Folks, we're talking with Russ Dizdar. Uh, his website is shatterthedarkness.net. Um, and Ragged Edge Radio is the radio show that is live just before ours on Global Star Radio Network, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And he'll be with us through the next segment. We're talking about uh, the occult origins of, of May 1st. A man, by the way, Russ Dizdar, a man who I've just got so much respect for. Absolutely. We'll be right back with Russ after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. Uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Our guest is Russ Dizdar, ShatterTheDarkness.net. We were, we, we had the pleasure of uh, spending the day with him yesterday and learning a lot of things. You know, I thought we had a great library. His library dwarfs ours, and that's pretty hard to do, okay, for a private library. And the amount of knowledge that's that's really consolidated there is impressive. Russ is doing a lot, folks, and and. I just want everyone to understand, this is not we just talk about this or he just talks about this. Russ actually has a team, a core core members, a core teams that go out and um, work either with law enforcement or parallel to law enforcement and, uh, you know, grabs, uh, uh, saves the kids' children in cages. The first... First time I saw a picture of a child in the cage from Russ. Um, it does something to your heart, it does something to your mind, it does something to you that I cannot describe. And, and yet you've got these imbeciles out there, and I mean imbeciles, 
who claim Pizzagate in the larger sense is, is fake news. Well, that, that just, you know, to me, it just shows how little you know. So I, I have a lot of respect for Rustazdar and his team. And I certainly would hope that everyone understands that Russ is out there on the front lines of this. We're reconnecting with Russ using a different camera because of the quality. Hopefully that'll be uh, done shortly. In the meantime, I want to speak to the people who are hiring. If you are, are you hiring? Look, we had a situation where we had to hire someone fast and we used ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to over a hundred job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click of the mouse. You can find candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. And that, my friends, is what I like best about ZipRecruiter. It's got a marvelous interface that takes all of the, all, you're not inundated with emails. You're not inundated with phone calls. You're not, uh, it's, everything is in one easy to use interface. And if I can do it, you can do it. There's no juggling of emails or calls to your office. You can quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium business, sized businesses like ours. And right now, folks, if you hear the sound of my voice, you can post your jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Let's get right back to Russ Dizdar, ShatterTheDarkness.net. And again, a man I've, I've have a lot of respect for. He's out in the, fighting the fight in the field and he's got a great team and, uh, he's fighting some really darkness. So he needs our prayers. He needs our support and he needs, uh, he just needs, uh, everyone's involvement because this is a war, true, truly a war between good and evil. Russ, thanks. Good to see you again. Hey, that's there a you bit go. Better. There we go. Wow, I, I hope that, that is. That a, is that is that different? Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, yeah. there you go. It's a different guy. I noticed the light wasn't on it, so I'm glad we changed it around. There you go. That's great. Yeah, the right. image is much sharper. Yeah. So, so Russ, we didn't mean to take you off your stride there, but but uh, go ahead and continue with what you were saying because here we are. You know, April showers, of course, given away to. Uh, um, Supposedly Mayflowers, but also something else, and that—that's sure. the yeah, yeah, right. I mean, like you and I. I mean, everybody goes through this weekend. I mean, we're we're I'm with grand, you know, adopted grandbabies on Friday and Saturday. Our granddaughter's here. Uh, I see you guys over the weekend. I'm all over the place. I'm picking up from Cleveland Airport friends that are coming in from from Israel, telling us all about Israel. But see, I know because of 35 years involved in in being, you know, in researching and going after it. Number one. There is no question about the physical dark side of all of this, uh, like mafia, like drug, drug lords, like a secret society. There's a physical, because of the criminal aspect of this in the public arena right now. Secondly, I believe, and here's why, and I would say to all feds and all law enforcement, there are those that agree with me very much so too, that to engage the underground, to investigate this underground, you are engaging a spiritual wall 
Um, they are supernaturally guarded. Uh, they are supernaturally protected. There's even rituals done in September, Hands of Glory, to draw the powers of invisibility. I mentioned earlier about the five reasons why they summon demons. Out of those five or six reasons, actually, one of those is to cloak themselves, to keep themselves hidden. So, and, and listen, if we believe the Scripture, if we're believers and believe the Scripture, then we believe that Satan has power, real effectual power, not greater than God, not greater than Christ, but um, when there's nobody contesting it, nobody engaging it, nobody praying against it, um, and where he finds the rights to operate, then it's real. The powers are really, really real in the underworld, and I give a biblical example, um, Ezekiel 8. The great good prophet Ezekiel did not know that underneath the temple, deep down in the caverns, for some period of time, human sacrifice, serpent worship, deep, God called them abominations, detestable. They were going on for a long time. He did not know the, the physical secrecy and then the supernatural side. So here's what occurs if you read that chapter. That God, God made him aware, number one. God took him over to the cavern area. God actually made a, what I call a, he, he created a supernatural hole into the substructure of radical evil. God supernaturally broke through the barrier and took Ezekiel really in, and eventually, well, step by step by step, seeing abominations, seeing more, seeing more, then eventually to the very faces of the perpetrators. But that had to be by the hand of God. So all of our going after this, um, Number one, no matter what our investigative skills, and I would say investigative skills, tenacity, persistence, but without the spiritual prayers, authority, and asking the hand of God to go in to break the wall of supernatural protection, that's why so many of these things, the Pizza Gates, the Sandusky Gates, the the Christ Church in London Gates, uh, all these many, the Franklin co the cover up, many of these failed because of the supernatural side, um, you know, being the barrier. It's and I'm just going to say, honestly, it's real. And here's what we notice. When our teams target, when we pray, when we, when we seek it that way, that's the number one way we've found victims, the number one we've, way we've found ritual sites, confiscated materials. It's the number one way in which we've disrupted them in their rituals by target prayer and intercession um, and and because they they just think they're they're home free they're they're doing it they're all doing this Doug and Joe um, with with no interference and they've been doing it for decades. Russ, what, mm. what's one thing that um, each and every Christian out there can do differently, whether in their individual you know relationship with the Lord, uh, whether that's reading the Bible, whether that's in their prayer life, to to gain more authority, to exercise their authority. Um, yep. What are, what are the majority of, of Christians uh, missing? Well, I think, and, and I say it this way, and I, I say it all the time. And I, I you know, I've been a pastor of a local church, you know, churches for thirty years. I um, I love the body of Christ, but I'm telling you um, that it has been extraordinarily neglected, maybe from leaders that were neglected by the professors that taught them. I don't, but it's like 
when when the majority of the believers, 90%, don't know their authority, when 70% don't know what it means to have the armor of God on, when 99% have never engaged demonic presence, um, don't know what they would do if they did other than calling somebody else, that's all um, telling me how extraordinarily weak we've been discipled and equipped. Um, So here's what I would say to all believers because of the urgency of the hour in which we live. You and I right now can rip away this old dead dead half, and I say this, I want to say it politely but straightforward, half-baked Christianity is not real Christianity. Um, Book of Acts, where whether you're apostles or the second generation like Philip, they know how to win souls, prayer for healing, do deliverance, and be on the aggressive, you know, the, the, the march. So... so uh, I'm saying, number one, become the strongest possible believer in Jesus you can become. That means in your walk, in your prayer, in your praying for healing, in your uh, authority and in, in spiritual warfare. Learn everything and use everything because it's all real. And, it's, and again, and I do talk a lot about the dark side's real stuff because Scripture declares that it's real. Jesus died because it was real. First uh, John three eight. He died to destroy those works, the real stuff. Um, we've been given authority, Luke ten, to tread, to trample, to bring destruction to this dark side. But again, ninety percent of the believers don't even know they have authority, and they weren't taught. So um, if we could turn this around and teach all believers and let all believers learn how they can grow in Christ and be filled with the power of the Spirit of God to really know what it is to pray for the healing of others, to go after the world and to lead them to Christ, which includes the mandate of um, of doing deliverance. Um, it's not for a few. I think we've been overrun and ragtired for years and years dealing with hundreds and hundreds of cases because in the in the city I live with 500 and some churches, there may be one or two churches that have done it. Um, so I'm saying, Joe, that, that every single believer, the exciting thing is, if you don't get it from the you know your local, go to the scriptures, go to the place where you can learn consistently and appropriate the truth of the authority of Christ and the armor of God and become aware. And then on the field of, uh, uh, on the field of ministry, number one, the evangelization of the world, but it includes healing. It includes setting captives free. It includes opening the eyes of the blind. It includes all that Jesus came to do. And it, I guarantee you, nowadays, and I've been on the field 39 years full time basically, nowadays, there's no question you're going to engage possessed people. Demons that have been attached, doorways, generational spirits. So um, quickly grab a hold and become the most powerful, thoroughly biblically trained Christian you can become. Amen to that. Okay. Wow. And we need we need to take that authority, of course, and we need to be uh, part of the uh, part of the army, I suppose. Sure. Part of the first sure. responders. Uh, and I would uh, throw out this because we're writing on this, and it's going to be a huge part of our websites and so forth. The 10 million fierce thing is based on Acts chapter eight. Just take a look at Philip, a second generation young. He's a young Christian. Look what he did. He almost cleared an entire city. He helped. He alone by taking the gospel of the kingdom of, of Christ, the salvation, and doing the healing and deliverance. He went into a city that was loaded with darkness. He wasn't afraid. Something different about him. He was a real, real discipled, real equipped believer 
that was able to do that wherever he went. And when we see him going in, and so I point everybody to Philip constantly, that if we could see 10 million people just like Philip, that would be astounding, I think. They have that kind of, um, to where the majority of believers are like that, and not spectators. Uh, that's, that's, that's really vital for us, uh, because there's possibilities. That's right. my excitement. There's possibilities for this. Um, but it's necessary. Uh, I, I, I'll give you one one little more example. You, you all know the story of the the guy in Florida, uh, the officer, the the guy that was growling and eating the face, the head of that guy. Remember the story? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, um, the officer's commanding him, rightly so. Don't you know? Stop, stop. And 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 the guy just turns around and growls at him. And this is true. Many other officers tell me this. Um, and there's a thing called a little booklet, Kindle only. It's Kindle only called Cops Guided by God by a cop that knew deliverance and he knew demonic stuff in the, in the realm of crime. But, uh, that, that officer, if, if he was a believer and if he had that authority, could have said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to stop. It would have stopped that. If that was a demon driving that guy, cause the guy didn't have drugs in him. They did the toxicology, yeah. Yeah. thing. Um, but a demon, that's what demons do. It, a possessed, look at the guy in Mark chapter 5. Strong, he could break chains. They were all afraid of him. Um, obviously he could whip anybody until Jesus showed, until Jesus showed up. Then he was terrified. Um, so demonized people are stronger, faster, and the more possessed or more demonized they are, the more bloody, blood, the more like the demon they become. So this guy is, Eating the head, face, blood, um, with that's what demons love. Um, and the officer not, didn't, didn't shoot just once, didn't he, he emptied his gun in order to stop this demon empowered, raging guy eating, eating another human being. Um, we've seen that kind of possession in the name of Jesus of Nazareth stop this. Stop this, I command. And we've watched them freeze. We've watched them, you know, when I hear them yell and mock and scream and cuss and say, I'm going to get your fa-. Shut up in the name of Jesus. And then you deal with the demonic. That's the gospel of Luke. Jesus said we've been given authority to order them, to, for them to submit in his name. And it's astounding, Doug and Joe, that we have this. And I don't have any more authority than you, than anybody else that I've ever done. I tell that to everybody at conferences everywhere. I don't have any more authority. Now, I've used it a lot, and we learn a lot from using. You use your gifts. You do evangelism. You, you, you get into prayer. You, you, then you experientially learn the power and direction of the Spirit. You learn your authority. You engage demons a number of times. It is bizarre. Um, but you're glad, you're, you're, you're gonna be glad for the authority of Jesus that you can tell them, shut up, be silent, don't use that body, don't harm them, and then ultimately get out um, and watch the demonic extricate. I mean, they're just like ripped out of a human being. That's why they scream. When they go out, the authority of Christ strikes them, and the, and the person, they know. They're delivered, man. They're 99% of the time, uh, unless there's some kind of major source, 99% of the time that we've seen in 30-some years, 35 of this, um, they they want to turn to Jesus immediately. They knew that it was dark, and they couldn't get themselves free, and they wanted freedom. Russ, the um, something we we talked about yesterday uh, when we got together was um, 
the restrainer being removed from peace being taken yeah. from the earth. And this really touched me, Russ. I mean, I think something clicked yesterday when you were talking. Mm-hmm. Something clicked up there. And, and that's just, scary, by the way. But go ahead. To the example of the 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 guy who was eating the other man's face, who was not on drugs, is that the kind of behavior you know when you describe when when the restrainer uh, lets the um, peace be be taken from the earth? Are we just going to like instantly see that type of behavior? Well, I, I, I believe, yeah, because I believe, because when you look at the view of this Gakato Echo and the, and the restrainer, the, the word used means he's extracted instantly. So there's an, it's not a, it's not a process. He's removed instantly. Now look who he's holding back. Um, he's holding back what Revelation 6 is all about. White horse, red horse, pale horse. We talked about that which involves the release of the Antichrist, which means the release of the red horse, the massive bloody chaos. So, yes, I believe that when the restrainer is removed, um, and like Jesus himself said, an unprecedented time in history. We'll, we have never seen this in the collective history of humanity. So don't look backward. This is something that now we can look in biblical prophecy and see what it says about the near future. On a, so on a global scale, the restrainers re- removed instantly, and so there is an apocalypse. The, re- the Antichrist is released to move. But the first move in, in, in what I believe in Revelation 6, red horse. Peace, arena, peace is taken from the earth instantly. Just like that, the whole globe. And then it says this cause, something causes people to begin to slaughter. It's not the direct word for war. It's the direct word for animal slaughtering, animal butchery, animal ritual sacrifice. So all of a sudden, there's a major release. And I could say on the satanic ritual abuse side, those who will be intact that have the programming and they're demonized, when they're activated fully, they'll be, I think, 30 times more ugly and stronger and bloodthirsty than that guy in Florida was. Uh, they're out. They are going to be so demonized, and because programming, it, what programming does is it rips open them to their mind is like a, like a rut has been dug. It dug. There's no resistance left in them, so they're they're just completely wide open to the programming of kill, kill, kill. So with demonic empowerment, this is beyond Holmes and Jared and and the VTech shooter. Um, when I've seen this happen a number of times over the years when we've triggered people, um, as I told you yesterday, the only way we could stop them was to two or three of us out loud praying and, and, and physically putting them to the ground. And that wasn't even the worst case scenario. So, um, yeah, I believe that when the restrainer is removed, the sum total of the demonic powers in the shadow government system, in the soldiers of chaos, it's all unleashed on a multi-continental, multinational level, all at once. They call it an inverted Pentecost. One of them told me, they said, Rush, you, you know about the Pentecost, where the, you know, your God, the power of the Spirit of God was unleashed on the, yeah, I said, yeah, I know that. That's exactly what's going to happen when, when we unleash, you know, the, the red horse principle, the, the black awakening as they call it. When we unleash the chaos, that's what we're talking about. It is, it is a, it is a global 
it's like again the demons in tens of thousands upon thousands that are held back then all of a sudden the restrainers removed it's not just the antichrist it's all who are with him are released and that's when you have red horse a global bloodshed like the world has never seen an anarchy and then black horse the collapse of the food chain collapse of the economic and no doubt the grid and then pale green horse you're off the charts you're talking probably over two billion people dead and this is huge because when the only one that can open the seal the seals some seals was the lamb who had the merits he was the worthy he had the merits to do it and what he's doing is he's opening up and showing us the dark side strategy antichrist great chaos great collapse great destruction preparing the way for the for a whole new what we've all been talking about it's really there and we're really close so to sum it up yeah joe that's exactly but but when the restraints are, when the restrainer is removed it's not just the antichrist think in terms of uh possibly you know 10 million people like that guy in florida being unleashed at one time and, and russ if i if i may um just so i'm clear on this we we have people talking you and and steve quayle talking about well you in particular talking about the uh, the occult aspect of the Nazi regime and then the uh, multiple generations from that period of uh, multiple pro- uh, programmed uh, multiples then um, you've got uh, your work in that regard and Steve Quayle's work with Genesis 6, the Nephilim that kind of, that, that in that aspect all of this together, I mean, I, I can see now where all of the dots are connecting, but getting back to what you were saying about the restrainer and about the, um, right. about this, if I'm hearing this correctly, you're, you're talking about the, what we'll say four generations from the Nazi occult program, the multiples, MKL mm-hmm. from government coming, um, right. becoming active. Right. Okay. Right. Right, because if you go back to Himmler-Hitler, their goals, and they were spiritually guided by the demonic realm, whatever they called them, non-humanities, they're guided by that same realm, and in the same principle, deception led to massive destruction. So um, their spiritually driven belief system was uh, that, and Himmler said it, you can go find it on the web, he quoted it, just put in Himmler 200 million. You'll find the quote from Himmler himself. If we can create 200 million of these super soldiers, godmen, here's what they meant. We are going to backbreed these Germans who we prove that are Aryan in the occult sense, occult Aryans. We're going to uh, create these Levenborn secret, you know, birthing centers, and we're going to start a project where thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of babies are going to be born, but they're going to be born spiritually guided so that their genetics may begin to reflect the ancient Nephilim, the ancient occult version of the Aryan, which would be Godmen Nephilim hybrid. So they believed in backbreeding through that process. They could backbreed through a few generations and recreate what would look like humans, but they would have superhuman in their from their DNA out. They would have superhuman powers, but it's but it is demonic. I mean, it is dark. Um, they would be just you know indefeatable in a sense to the world. Um, so 
they believe that project. Now here's, here's, here's what people are going to have to grapple with. Number one, since the, like, let's just say 1980, in all of our research, we now have on a global scale, 100 million in four generations, from 71 down to, you know, four, five, six, seven years, we have four generations of satanic, richly abused people. We're, we're, we're missing, we're missing the point. Um, satanic ritual abuse is what they use to create the breaking down, programming, splitting them, and then demonizing them. That's just the process. So what is the goal? Godmen, hybrid, you know, super soldiers. The, sat- the, the whole thing about satanic ritual abuse worldwide right now, it's on every continent of the planet, and we're talking 100 million worldwide. So modern-day satanic ritual abuse is nothing less than the continuation of the God-men dream of Himmler and Hitler. Very well said. Russ, I want to thank you so much for for joining us tonight. Uh, We look forward to seeing you this coming weekend in uh, Gurney, Illinois, at Awaken to the Shaken. Folks, you heard right now, Russ, Joe, I mean, this, that right there, Russ right there is just the the only reason, one of the only reasons you should go. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, ShatterTheDarkness.net. Russ, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless love you. you as well. We'll yeah, be right back the after the short messages. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, you need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. You guys say more. You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an ammo can. 
For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Hey, welcome back to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are so, so blessed and so fortunate to have with us Matt Bracken. Joe, go ahead and, uh, go ahead. Yeah, Matt, Matt Bracken is our guest. Uh, his website is enemiesforeignanddomestic.com. Folks, go there, bookmark his site. Uh, there you can find his books, um, Domestic Enemies, Foreign Enemies and Traitors, Enemies, Foreign and Domestic. I, I, I will say this. He was born in Baltimore, Maryland back in 1957. Uh, we're not too far far in age. And he graduated from the University of Virginia in 79 with a degree in Russian studies. He was commissioned in the, by the U.S. Navy, or in the U.S. Navy through the NROTC program at UVA. And then graduated from basic underwater demolition slash SEAL uh, training class 105 in uh, Coronado, California. I'm amazed how many people claim they're SEALs and, you know, Anyway, but, but class 105, uh, Matt Bracken. He served on the, on the East Coast UDT and SEAL teams and, um, taking a Naval Special Warfare Detachment to Beirut in 1983. Now, that's where my wife and I honeymooned back in 83. In Beirut? In Beirut, yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. He left active duty after Lebanon upon completion of his obligated military service, but remained in active reserve status through the remainder of the 80s. This man's got a, a resume that would just, I mean, folks, the real deal. And as you said, his website. Yeah, enemiesforeignanddomestic.com, enemiesforeignanddomestic.com. And, uh, again, you can buy his books there. And I like the, uh, uh, the subtitle, Bleeding Edge Dystopian Thrillers for Readers Who Are Tired of Politically Correct Fiction. That's right. Mr. Bracken, welcome to the Hagman Hagman Report, sir. Thanks. Um, since you, you mentioned, uh, SEALs there, I just saw, um, I just saw on Fox a little while ago there, giving airtime to Rob O'Neill and the man's on the SEAL Team 6, uh, rock of shame. He's not welcome at SEAL reunions. He's considered somebody who's been like, uh, like branded, you know, break the sword, kick him out. Wow. Um, yeah, he's um not a good guy. Uh he's not the man that shot bin Laden. He shot the dead corpse of bin Laden after uh you know, arriving at the scene when they were supposed to preserve the remains for photographic uh proof and et cetera. And he just had to get his uh little glory hound thing in there so he could run out and write a book. Really? So yeah. Uh, all right, and, and uh, you know, I know, I, I know that that uh, SEAL team members stick together, and 
So, what's this guy's name on Fox? Tell me again. The o- O'Neill. Now, there's there are other seals that appear as guests on Fox. Right. I just saw that he, they were going to have him on just as you know, like a, I don't know, talk about terrorism or Bin Laden or something. He's he had to give up all of his um, earnings from the first book. The government went after him for, uh, you know, violating the terms of his separation. In terms of, uh, uh, you know, you sign away your life and not uh, tell divulging secrets. Right. So the government actually went after him. So he's got to write another book, I guess, to make some money. <laughs> but um, so he's out on the, the hustings promoting his book. But nice. he's somebody that can't. Uh, and he's also a motivational speaker, a pub paid speaker. But um, among SEALs, he's considered persona non grata. Understood. Just thought I'd throw that out. It's a somewhat uh, squandered valor in that sense, uh, right? Right, right. He was not the man who killed bin Laden. He's a man who put bullets into bin Laden's head dead on the ground. That's why they didn't have the pictures. Mm. So that he could so that he could then claim as he, you know, I guess he had the plan all along to get out and write the book. Nice. And uh so he he uh but uh, you know, it's it's my era of seals is a long time in the in the past and uh you know, the numbers have gone way up and and uh some would say that that um, what they now call the SEAL ethos is uh, you know, regularly being violated by uh, you know people that are just basically cashing in on it. I mean, I don't on my website. I don't have SEAL tridents all over the place, things like that. It was that was uh, I went to college. The Navy paid for college. I owed the Navy time, and I was a Navy SEAL officer. Just uh, you know, in my youth, I was not career, and uh, you know, I didn't fight in Iraq or Afghanistan. So, um, you know, all glory and honor to the uh, lowest, uh, you know, uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, stand and checkpoint duty somewhere in godforsaken Afghanistan. You know, that. but uh, in my era of SEALs were actually pretty sick of the um, over-glorification. It's, it's like 180 degrees out from the era that we were in when we were, we called ourselves the silent option. You know, men with green faces, we were um, supposed to, you know, not go out uh, doing the self-promotion thing. Sure. In fact, sure. in fact, there were no books about Vietnam-era SEALs before my time. Uh, the SEALs that were my trainers and instructors were all Vietnam-era. They they didn't write books. You know, the, a lot of the tactics that uh, that the SEALs use are extremely easy to counter if you know what they are. You know, they're not uh, some kind of magic cloak of invisibility. And if you bust these uh, tactics, writing books, making movies, you're just lining up, you know, seals down the road to get picked off. Mm. So, you know, the, the, in the old days, we, uh, we really frowned on people that did it. Now everybody's doing it. But, um, you know, it's part of my, it's part of my uh, biography, but it's not who I am, you know, and, and I don't, uh, I don't uh, make out that I'm some kind of super seal. By any means, and I, I know a lot of super seals that you, you, nobody will ever know, and they'll never write books, they'll never be on TV. They're the, they're what we call the real deal seals, and um, you know, all honor to those guys. For them, since 9/11, it's been you know World War II, Korea, and Vietnam all rolled together. They've been in operations. Their op tempo has been unbelievable for the last 15 years. Uh, it's terrible for families, if you can imagine. A lot of guys suffering post-traumatic uh, stress, also brain injuries, things like that. And just, um, 
you know, just so much combat, so much deployment. You know, you think about World War II, um, most Marines in the Pacific, maybe they fought for a couple months, and it was hell, believe me, you know, Peleliu, Tarawa, uh, Saipan, you know, Okinawa, Iwo Jima, or uh, from Normandy to Germany. But you're still talking months, not years. And the special ops guys, not just the SEALs, but the special ops guys, Rangers, uh, Air Force uh, uh, units, Army units, special forces, they've been just deployed consistent, constantly for 15 years. And it's not the rest of the military so much, but the special operations guys, it's been brutal. And I don't I don't know that this country really um, understands how brutal it's been. It's it's been 15 years of nonstop war for these guys. Right. And right. and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just a guy who was a SEAL as a young man and not career, not combat. So I I want to you know give the uh, give the the honor to the guys that deserve it, not me. There's a, if we can talk on the war, uh, we're mentioning the ongoing wars in uh, Afghanistan. There's an article today. Um, the U.S. spent 8.5 billion fighting narcotics here at home, while Afghanistan sets new opium uh, record. Uh, we hear a lot about the soldiers that are, are protecting opium fields and the increased production uh, of the opium in Afghanistan uh, since the uh, 10-year low or, or before the war in Afghanistan started. It's been increasing every year. What is what are some of the sentiments of other um, soldiers uh, that you've heard? And and um, how they what how do the people feel uh, who are combat veterans about our mission in Afghanistan? It's a waste. It's you know it's the lesson of Afghanistan is don't go to Afghanistan. Yeah. You know Alex, Alexander the Great, the British, the Russians, now the Americans. For, number one, you know what's it worth? Um, other than not giving them sanctuary like Bin Laden. Uh, you know, sure, chase them with predator drones and, and, uh, things like that, but to actually try to fix that country, it's unfixable. Mm. And, and the, you know, I think that, I think that right now, uh, you know, these numbers were all pulled out of people's rear ends, but, um, you know, at least two thirds of the country is under Taliban control today. And the third that is supposedly under our control, it's being run by the most corrupt bunch of, you know, warlord pedophiles. That you can imagine in your worst in your worst nightmare, and those were our allies. So, you know, anybody who's lost a son in Afghanistan, I really feel sorry for them. Or anybody that lost a limb in Afghanistan, or lost you know their uh, full brain function in Afghanistan. It's something that people don't maybe realize. Um, you know, when a when a bomb goes off, and uh, you know the guys on the vehicle right on top of it, maybe they're all killed, and uh, the guys two or three vehicles away or their bell is rung uh, but the, the ethos is to play hurt you know put me in coach I'm, I'm ready to play and uh, you know and these guys aren't okay and some of their consequences might not show up for years later at home when either they have severe personality shifts which make their families suffer and themselves suffer you know or they uh, you know develop like Parkinson type tremors or loss of balance, lack of ability to focus, and these are guys that may or may not have even gotten a purple heart out of it because at the time after the bomb went off, you know, they were just out on a perimeter holding a gun uh, and shaking it off, but you never really shake it off. And to think about the blood and treasure, not, I guess you have to 
factor in the treasure, all the vehicles we took over there that are not going to come home and so forth, um, all the squandered millions and billions paying warlords and pedophiles. But uh, to me, that it, it wasn't worth one single American life other than stopping it from being a sanctuary. Exactly. Okay. And I do understand that. And, and this is kind of off script, not that there was a script, but kind of out of left field here. We're getting um, some emails uh, about this and we've had, uh, we've had family members from Extortion 17 on our program. Uh, Mr. Bracken, can you give us your take on what happened with SEAL Team 6 and that shoot down of um, Extortion 17? Do you feel comfortable no. doing that? Sure. I don't have any classified information, so I don't know any, any more than anybody emailing you, honestly. And the people that are emailing you, if they had family, they probably can educate me, honestly. Okay. Um, but I would say one thing. Um, uh, one of the things that I saw after that was what was the wor- what was the relative value of sending these, you know, strategic assets, SEAL Team 6, to save some, you know, knucklehead uh, rangers, and and that just made me so mad because um, going back earlier in Afghanistan, you know that there was a there was a seal that got knocked out of a helicopter doing like a pinnacle landing, a CH forty seven Chinook, you know, came in for a pass and a and a young uh, Navy Petty officer um, fell out. The Chinook had to you know fly off. It got it got damaged. They couldn't get back to him. Rangers died trying to get that guy assaulting up a hill. More another Chinook loaded with seals um, crashed on the way in. The Rangers uh, Chinook crashed low down the mountain, and Rangers died in the crash and in the fight afterwards. And from now until the uh, there are no more Rangers and no more seals, um, when Americans are in peril somewhere, they're going to go. And it doesn't matter if it's SEAL Team 6, Rangers, either way. Uh, so the fact that, you know, SEAL Team 6 was being used to go bail out some Rangers, absolutely all respect and honor to them. Um, now, whether or not the rules of engagement were so restrictive that they couldn't do adequate preparation, that meaning that, um, you know, they went into a place where they were susceptible to being shot down, uh, you know, because they couldn't, uh, they couldn't, you know, get out the, uh, you know, the Spectre gunships and the, and the Gatling guns and so forth to suppress fire. That's very worrisome. I'm, I'm glad now, at least under President Trump, it seems like the, the rules of engagement have been, uh, uh modified in the favor of the warfighters and the, the JAG weenies, you know, have been, um, uh, their influence has been curtailed. It seems to be the fast track to, uh, success as a military lawyer is to put Americans in prison, and it makes me really mad. And it makes me really mad that any, any you know, that SEAL Team 6 died on the extortion flight, if they weren't, uh, you know, if it was because they didn't have uh, the ability to suppress the fire going in. Understood. Understood. Okay. Wow. And we know the, wow. the rules of engagement, as you said, have been changed to, uh, yeah. you know, restrict the U.S. soldier on the battlefield, and it's a real shame that people have been injured and even have, uh, perished over um, these restricted rules, um, uh, Mr. Yeah, especially when especially when they trade American lives, you know, for political correctness, like in in Benghazi, and uh, you know, hundreds of times in Iraq and Afghanistan, where you know EOD guys are going out and using their bodies, you know, to clear ordnance instead of uh, you know using bigger ordnance to clear it um, because they don't want to, you know 
wake somebody up down the valley. And, you know, to, to use American lives in that, in that way is just so disrespectful. I think Benghazi being like the ultimate example of that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Well, well Mr. Rockin, um, th- thanks for joining us. It's May 1st, May Day, 2017. Of course, a celebration of communism across the globe. Uh, we've got that to talk about. We've got the, uh, the various, uh, offshoots of that. And of course, we've got the situation with North Korea. Uh, where do you want to start? Because, I mean, you've got a lot of information. So where do you want to start first? Well, it, you know, it is May Day. So I guess just topically, um, it's, it's unbelievable that, that in, in America, it's why, you know, we're, we're taking down, uh, civil war monuments and demolishing them. Uh, at the same time, there seems to be some kind of a whitewash of communism. You know, just give us one more chance. This time, you know, we won't have to kill millions of people. Uh, not that kids would even know that millions of people were killed by communism, enslaved by communism. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's being trotted out as like this World Workers Day. It's the communist 4th of July. You know, at least 100 million people were killed in the 20th century. 70 million alone in China, 20 million at least in Russia. You know, in each country, millions more. And it's just being whitewashed. So it's, it's disgusting, but I, I, I guess you would have to say that the, um, uh, people re- watching your program probably have heard of, you know, like the Italian communist Antonio Gramsci, uh, the Frankfurt School, which came over to America and Columbia University, uh, the, uh, uh, the British group, uh, forget the name. Anyway, that they won. They, they, Gramsci articulated, I think, I don't know if he used these exact words, but he basically said Lenin isn't, Lenin isn't going to work. Lenin and Stalin, that's not going to work because the Western nations, they're still too patriotic and religious. We have to first poison the roots. You know, we have to go inside of the institutions and rot them and hollow them out and poison the roots from within. And then this Western structures will just fall over. And he was exactly right. And now we're seeing that Gramscian long-range uh, strategy play out, where I, I would say 90% of outside of the, the sciences, you take a, a history course, an English course, anything in college now, it's basically just a vehicle for teaching cultural Marxism, which is you know hatred of America, hatred of patriotism, you know hatred of Western civilization, you know a, a hatred of anything to do with. Uh, you know, with European uh, uh, advances and a, and a glorification of communism, and that's where we are today. That's why we have you know these guys, uh, these Antifa. Antif- mm-hmm. It's actually pronounced mm-hmm. Antifa, but I guess in the states Antifa. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why you can have guys running around wearing black masks. They they've obviously been brainwashed in college, and now we're w- witnessing the fruit of it. And as far as I'm concerned, it's going to lead to a civil war, for sure. It's just a matter of when. I saw a great comment on the Internet today. It said, when when people think of humanity's greatest evils, why is communism rarely mentioned? After all, it's caused more suffering than any other ideology, including Nazism, which the Antifa is, you know... uh, They embrace it and promote it. And then I I saw another person uh, comment, you know, why isn't communism hated as much as Nazis? Because communists control... Education, they control the entertainment industry, and they control the writing of history. Yep. And it's uh, so rare. Yeah, 
it's so rare to see any movie where, you know, the communist butchers and torturers are the villains. They'll they'll go they'll do backflips to avoid making uh, Muslims into terrorists. You know, there's a Tom yeah. Clancy movie yeah. where they literally change the Muslim terrorists to like you know Russian neo-Nazi white skinheads. You know, they, but. Yeah, you know, they'll find some like Odessa group in South Africa hiding out, <laughs> plotting the Fourth Reich. But they completely gloss over at least a hundred million murdered, you know, under the hammer and sickle. Because they do. They they always had a sympathetic audience in Hollywood and, and in journalism to this day. And it, it's it's disgusting, but Exactly. It, 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 one of my favorite authors is M. Stanton Evans. God rest the you know may rest in peace. But uh, uh, blacklisted by history, it's about it was about the uh, uh, it was really a, a, a treatise about Senator Joe McCarthy. McCarthy was right. The, the communist infiltration post World War II in in this country was unmistakable, and certainly uh, you couldn't argue about it. And it's only grown from there, in my the- view. Difference. The difference is, thank God, now the left doesn't control the media narrative. You know, when when um, in, uh, in Vietnam, just as an example, um, the the uh, Peter Arnett was a it was a at the time UPI or AP reporter, but he went on to CNN and other things. The the famous um, quote attributed to some you know Colonel Schmucky, you know Colonel So and So was. We had to destroy the village in order to save it. That was treated as gospel. Peter Arnett, famous journalist, he talked to a colonel. The colonel told him, it's true. And that gets into the history books. That's a, a, a meme, a soundbite forever. And people that later went in and did the actual research, what unit, what colonel, who, what, what village, never happened, totally made up. And that's how that, that's how the media did it, from Joe McCarthy through Vietnam, you know, uh, through uh, John Kerry with the medals at the White House, all of that was lies and a false narrative successfully perpetrated by the left-wing media. It it didn't change. I would say one of the first that comes to my mind is the uh, the George W. Bush memo gate, where Dan Rather was trying it again. You know, we're going to make up a story. We control the narrative. We'll be able to write the history book. You know that we've got this memo, and it wasn't until the internet came along, and the predecessors of what I guess today would be like Reddit and 4chan. I was on Free Republic at the time, and within you know hours of that CBS report, people were comparing their own uh, or putting together pieces of the puzzle from their own expertise. You know, people that had computer knowledge were saying it's impossible. There was no proportional font spacing in the world. <laughs> Nobody had it at the time that that fake memo was produced. It was made on a, you know, the default settings of Microsoft Word. How did that happen? Well, the reason I'm bringing up all this history is the left-wing media used to get away with those lies. The, the father of lies at the time in the 60s was called the most trusted man in America, Walter Cronkite. He, he signed off saying, and that's the way it is. And it wasn't until he retired from being a newsman that he admitted that he had been a senior official and one-time president of what at various times was called the World Federalist Society, and that from the time he was in college and a reporter in the Second World War, 
He was always sympathetic to, to communism and globalism, and that his mandate was to shift the minds of Americans in secret. The most trusted man in America was essentially a globalist traitor and liar, and he got away with it. He retired with great honor. It wasn't until Dan Rather and Memogate blew up, and now we've got, and the reason I mention that, now we have the alternative, alternate media. I mean, we have had Fox for a while, which might be going away as what it was. So, you know, I, I'm wondering who's going to be on the new, new network, who's going to, Leave Fox, but I mean, at least we have things like Breitbart and other alternate, you know, Drudge, Breitbart, etc., because they can't get away with the lies anymore. I mean, they can still put it out to a segment of the population. There are still people that only watch MSNBC and CNN, so they're guaranteed to have people in an insulated bubble that will swallow the same old leftist lies, but it's not enough anymore. So, whereas we got rolled from McCarthy, through the 50s, through Vietnam, we were rolled by leftist liars in the liar media, the liar press. It doesn't happen that way anymore. And now, they, unless they somehow could throttle the Internet, and Hillary lost, so I don't think that's going to happen soon, uh, at least we're going to have a second uh, narrative, you know, a, a, a true narrative from my point of view, which to me only assures one thing, there will be a civil war in this country. Is the, left, the leftists are like Dracula. Communists are like Dracula. You know, you need silver bullets, holy water, a stake through the heart, and they still come out of that coffin, you know, two generations later on. There's another herd of kids raised, never taught anything about communism, and all they hear is, oh, we're going to take it from the rich people and give it to the poor people. Yay! They don't understand this is a, a, a fabric, that, a tapestry that goes at least back to the French Revolution. At least. Yeah, it's it's never really gone away. It's the same people, um, you know, the the same ideology. I would say rather, you know, there's that thread in history. And when communism is extremely brutal and and everybody hates it, it just goes underground for a while, comes up with a new name, progressive, globalist, what have you, and it returns like Dracula all over again. It, you never can put this monster down. Unfortunately, our side doesn't really, you know, go for the jugular. The Republicans are so lame in Congress. When they have these guys down, they don't put the uh, stake through the heart. <laughs> and I don't exactly. think they ever will. Exactly. He's, it, it's exactly what we need to do. Matt Bracken, uh, a true American patriot, is, as far as I'm concerned, an American hero as well, at least in my book. Uh, Matt Bracken is, is uh, just a fantastic man. He's a great writer. His books and website, Joe? Yeah, we're, we're coming up against the break uh, the website for Matt Bracken is enemiesforeignanddomestic.com. That's enemiesforeignanddomestic.com. For those of you watching on YouTube, uh, there are uh, his books are up there from his website, and you can uh, see those books, The Enemies Foreign and Domestic, Domestic Enemies, and Foreign Enemies and Traitors. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk with Mr. Bracken about a number of issues from uh, the suppression of free speech, we're going to get back into the alternative and mainstream media, as we were just talking about uh, before this break. We're going to talk about North Korea. We're going to get into Syria. And uh, how much more we'll, we will be able to get into, we will see, based on what we're able to cover. So don't go anywhere. Buckle up. Matt Bracken will be with us when we return.
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Trang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changewithwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Hagman and Hagman Report. HagmanReport.com. Go there for news, information, analysis. HomelandSecurityUS.com rising up again. Uh, we're, we're putting a lot of our investigative uh, results on that, investigative reports on that, or we're, we're lining up to, I should say. Um, don't forget we've got uh, in, in covert investigative teams that, that are going out infiltrating some of the very groups we're talking about, as well as doing other things that you'll that we'll report later on. Um, absolutely. J- j- just some great people out there working and volunteering their time and, and making a difference. A lot of information coming our way 
and uh, soon to be coming your way. Our guest is Matt Bracken. Uh, before we get to Matt, I, I want to mention that uh, Bill McIntosh from Acasa Media has been such a great asset to the Hagman and Hagman Reports. Such a great guy. If, if do you need a fascinating speaker? Are, are you perhaps listening? Are you a pastor? Maybe a minister, uh, or, or maybe someone in charge of arranging a speaker for your next conference, dinner banquet, or church event. If you are, if that's you, check out Acasa Media for speakers like, like, remember Abe Bolden we had on, Charlie Brandt that we had on, the, the, the man who cracked the Jimmy Hoffa murder case, um, Sal Pelosi, others, uh, uh, folks, simply do this. Go to the website. It's right here on YouTube. Uh, you can see it right here on YouTube or, or very simply call for your next speaker. 305. 305- Three nine six two eight zero six. Let me give you that number one more time. Three zero five three nine six two eight zero six. Our guest with us in this segment and through the next segment is Matt Bracken. His website is enemiesforeignanddomestic.com, and we're we're kind of running through a, a number of issues on current events uh, and what's going on, going in, on in our political in our world and uh, in our social world. Um, Let's start here, Matt. Uh, North Korea. We've seen uh, a lot taking place in the last seven days, ten days with North Korea. Uh, you had another attempted missile launch that exploded after it, uh, a ballistic missile exploded after it left the launch pad. Today Trump said that he would um, be open to meeting Kim Jong-un to sit down and have a discussion with him. You have military movements from uh, U.S. carriers and destroyers to, to Japanese destroyers now joining them. Uh, the U.S. destroyers, and you have North Korea continuing to threaten the United States, and this brings out the speculation in the media, and we hear a lot of different theories, one being, would it be possible or and or efficient to, and would we be able to successfully carry out a mission of assassinating Kim Jong-un, um, saving us from, from an all-out war with North Korea? What are your thoughts on, on that? Uh, by an assassination, I would assume that you mean something that comes down from the sky because we're certainly not going to be able to infiltrate uh, you know, any Americans in there. Um, I would assume that his movements are more go- closely guarded than, say, Saddam Hussein's when he was running around with doubles. Uh, I, and I'm not even sure that an assassination would necessarily clinch the deal because, you know, that, that uh, maybe, I don't know, 5% of the population that's tied to his regime they're they're going to face Romanian term limits when the day comes that they're thrown out. All of the people in those palaces are going to be murdered, you know, by their by their own people. Right? Maybe not murdered isn't the right word. Uh, retribution will be taken. So so they're like the uh, people around Saddam Hussein or the people around the Ceausescu's. Their fate, their lives depend on the survival of that regime. So I don't know that you know just dropping a kinetic. Uh, you know, some kind of a warhead down from the sky on him would even necessarily finish that. I would be open to that if it would work. But I think what's, I think the real game that's going on right now is, uh, it's just, it's very high level real politic with, uh, and the, the real target isn't North Korea per se. It's really China. Trump is convincing the, the Chinese president that I'm serious and there could be a huge war. And if there's this, if this war happens, not only could there be radiation floating around your end of Asia, but there could be millions of, of uh, North Korean refugees flooding into China. 
And if you don't want that, then then help me to get rid of this guy or at least to to chill out his regime. So I think that the real pressure politic is on Beijing, not on Pyongyang. You know, what can you do with somebody who's a 28 year old lunatic? But China, you know, China has been playing him against us, sort of like a good good cop, bad cop. You know, China has been using North Korea for leverage. You know, we'll get we'll get our crazy cousin, uh, our crazy nephew, North Korea, in line. But we want this, this, and this. And what Trump has done is turned the tables and said, if you don't get North Korea in line, you're going to have the you know outbreak of war in the Korean Peninsula, and you're not going to like the consequences. So, so the, I think that the real game is played at the level of say fuel deliveries. You know, we've heard that the coal ships from from Korea have been stopped. You know, like what does China need with coal? They've got plenty. Um, you know, so they're they're basically subsidizing and keeping this regime afloat. So what's the real intel is are those pipelines with the fuel going into North Korea? Is that being t- uh, turned off? Because that's the only way to shut that regime down is cut off their fuel. I would suspect. I mean, the people are starving. You can't make them any more hungry. You know, so yeah. Um, I think that uh, short short a um, total miscalculation by somebody. I think that um, we're just putting enough pressure on China to force China to get North Korea under control because they can do it because they can they control the uh, you know the fuel spigot and most and a lot of their food. But you know, the, the other thing I'd like to mention is. Is um, sure we've been you know we've got uh, what uh, twenty five thousand troops in Korea something like that. How many South Koreans are there? Everybody's seen that nighttime picture, the electrical uh, yeah. disparity yeah. between North and South. Um, I think that South Korea right now has far better electronics than we do. Their cities are like one big hot spot. Uh, you know their their communications are non you know without parallel except maybe in Japan. And why don't the South Koreans have an iron dome system? I mean, why are we sending our systems over there in 2017 when they're a fabulously wealthy country? They've got probably a hundred times the economy of North Korea. And, and there are even, you know, using ground-based lasers or even methods to, to, uh, uh, if not destroy, because their uh, artillery shells are just kinetic. But um, you know there are ways to to um, uh, just make them tumble in flight just by melting them. You would think that the South Koreans in 2017 would would have just said, "Look, we have like Israel, we need an Iron Dome in case something goes wrong, in case an American president makes a mistake. We can't rely on the Americans. We can't just say war will never happen. You know why? If we have, we all hear about the artillery and short range range rockets, it can hit Seoul." Why can they hit Seoul? You'd think that anything that flew over Seoul should be able to be zapped by a laser in 2017. They got the money, the technology, the brain power. Why are we sending missile systems to South Korea? It makes no sense to me. They should be exporting missile systems to us, given the technology they've got. So what's the answer, though? I, I mean, is it that obvious? Now, or It's obvious. Well, it's, it, I, just based on the economy... Look at the the cars and the electronics that they sell. I mean, I didn't buy my flat screen from uh, you know from uh, Chicago. Came from Korea. You know, the, the, they've obviously got the technology and the brain power to make world class electronics. You know, there are there are uh, South Korea, Taiwan, and Japan could make uh, nuclear weapons 
in the next month. I have no doubt about it. I'm sure if they haven't done secret testing, they've done the, the you know, the, one of the big changes in the last 20 years is you don't need to build many prototypes anymore. You can model these things on computers, and then you just build one and test it. So I don't, you know, everybody would recognize that Japan, if they wanted to, could be a nuclear power, you know, in a few months. Uh, why aren't, why don't they have their own iron domes? Why are they relying on Uncle Sam? Well, nobody wants to spend money for defense, obviously. It's much, much uh, more popular for politicians to run on, on uh, bread and circuses than, uh, you know, a, a Manhattan project to make a Korean iron dome so that no matter what they did in North Korea, nothing would get past the DMZ. We have lasers now that are small enough to put on airplanes, and the, the ones on the ground, you know, can stop a uh, blast through a truck engine in like a, you know, a millisecond. So I'd, I'd, I'm wondering why we still have a tripwire force. It's called a tripwire force because if a war happens, we're right back into Korean, the Korean War, you know, which never officially ended. You know, there was no Korean armistice. All it is is a truce. So I'm just kind of disappointed in the Koreans for not manning up and making their own defense, given that they have world-class technology and, and brains, scientists. <laughs> why are they threatened by the hermit kingdom firing, you know, 50-year-old artillery technology and, and 50-year-old Russian rockets. I mean, it, the, the short-range battlefield stuff, I mean. You know, there, there shouldn't be a rocket leaving North Korea that makes it, uh, you know, a mile into South Korea. They should be zapped the second they cross the border. That's what we're working on. Why aren't they working on it? Absolutely right. Absolutely. Um, with your... Uh expertise and, and knowledge in, in battles, do you believe that uh, we possess the or between us and China possess the capability uh, we hear often that you know the there could be an EMP type nuclear device launched against the United States and it would cripple our our weapon systems, it would, it would destroy our power grid. Is there a way, uh, do we have the capabilities uh, to do something similar with North Korea uh, you know launch cyber attacks and or EMP type Weapons to to neutralize their their weapon systems. Maybe at the launch at at, at where they're testing major uh, uh, missile systems, you know, like their ICBMs, their theater and and intercontinental ballistic missiles. But their short range missiles are nothing more than a you know the the, the ones that where you have the the trucks with uh, multiple rocket rocket tubes. You know, those things are pretty dumb. They, you know, they can even be working on tubes. I mean, you know, there, there's nothing so transistorized and miniaturized and computerized that I think that we're going to be able to reliably just get, you know, shut all them down. But, you know, the, you mentioned the EMP. Um, I, I really seriously doubt some people talk about them having one that is orbiting already. Uh, if they have a nuclear device, it probably uh, is something like a Manhattan Project device. That you can tow up, you know, you can you can uh, put a crane up in the air like out in uh, in uh, New Mexico, but um, as far as miniaturizing it to put it into a, a satellite, I doubt it seriously, uh, very seriously. So I think we have time on that, and I and I think that's why Trump is turning up the pressure now. You know, you don't want to wait until they're they're testing until uh, you know we have this out. If we're going to have it out, let's have it out before they can you know hit continental United States with a nuke. So I. I I think we're going to see a resolution of Korea this year. 
Okay, that, that was going to be my question. What do you, how do you see this playing out? Because I, I've, I, I don't think I've ever seen a time that I've gotten more people emailing me or, uh, messaging me saying, man, I'm really worried about, about this Korean situation. But you see this, if I'm getting this correctly, you're seeing that, okay, um, it, it would appear that President Trump knows the military things that, that, that we still hold the advantage, obviously, and that uh, it's unlikely any EMP device could be uh, sent via satellite or perhaps any other way. So you see a, a, some sort of political push agreement. Yeah, Kim Jong-un and his family, his um, clique, they need to be assured of some kind of a safe way out. Um, you know, like any cornered animal is going to fight to the death if they if they think that it's, you know, that or, you know, that there's nowhere to back up to. Um, if China has, China has to be able to guarantee him, and would he believe it, that, you know, we'll give you some little Rhode Island, the nicest part of North Korea, and guarantee that you'll never be touched in there. It's doubtful that they would believe that because the North Koreans, once they were freed and a lot of the brainwashing came away, um, I think that they would demand some, down the road, they would demand uh, uh, a trial for the for the regime. You know, you, you, you can't be running these death camps for 60 years, you know, torture death camps and not have the people uh, come after you eventually. But the, he might be made to believe it, but I think that the, he needs to think that he has an exit uh, and some kind of a guarantee that he won't be personally taken out because, um, you know, otherwise, if there's a miscalculation, obviously things could go right off the rails. I, I don't know if we would try anything kinetic. I, but on the other hand, you know, this is a situation where if we do have some kind of space weapons, you know, hyperkinetic uh, penetrators, things like that, that maybe that we're not even talking about yet, you know, black programs, this might be the time to use them, um, particularly if they get Kim Jong-un and his um, – and his uh, uh, you know, his closest generals at a, at a demonstration somewhere out in the open, and then we find out what we can do from space with no warning time. Because the, the problem with most things is that they'll be able to, even with their technology, they can see our strike force coming in, and then they've got that time to, uh, you know, unleash on Seoul. And, uh, you know, so it, it's sort of a hostage situation. The crazy, uh, you know, the, the, the crazy lunatics down the street you know, that live in a trailer and run a meth lab, uh, you know, they've also got a truck bomb that can blow up your mansion. You know, so how do you get rid of the crazy people down the street without your mansion getting blown up because they've got a dead man switch on it? And so it's a, it's a, obviously it's a conundrum. Got but it. I think that Trump is different than any other president before because I think that he's, he's, he's asking for ways to resolve this thing. As opposed to kick it down the can, kick the can down the street like other presidents. I think his his uh his baseline is let's resolve this thing now. I, I like that. Uh, and that it, I like that. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, Mr. Bracken, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt there, but I, I kind of want to get to this as well. And folks, go to enemiesforeignanddomestic.com. It's linked off of uh, our show description. Uh, Mr. Bracken is a, is a fine writer, let me tell you. He's got uh, a number of books, including the top three on his website, Enemies, Foreign, and Domestic, Domestic Enemies, and Foreign Enemies. Mr. Bracken, one thing I uh, – a couple of things uh, in preparation for this evening I was looking at, 
And uh, I was talking with John, our, our uh, program director and producer, and he said, he said, do me a favor, look at the covers of Matt Bracken's books. And I'm thinking, okay. And, and I've seen the covers, your covers before. But I, I, I studied them a little bit. Your first book, Enemies Foreign and Domestic, the, the, uh, uh, Gaz and Flag, uh, uh, variation. But I was looking a little bit closer, domestic. Tea Party, by the way, way before the Tea Party came out. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, thank you for mentioning that as well. Um, and, and then domestic enemies. I, I see an AR-15 over America with the, of course, the uh, uh, Southwest uh, broken off, and then foreign enemies and traitors, and AK-47 imposed over a uh, multiply fractured United States. And um, John and I were talking about the uh, the foresight that you had in the book covers and and the the topics themselves. And then I have to say this, and then I'm going to turn it back to you. Uh, this kind of segues nicely into an article that you wrote. For I believe it was the Western Rifle Shooters Association back in January, January 22nd or thereabouts of this year, uh, America Under Siege, Civil War 2017, where, where you talk about the video by Trevor Loudon. We've all, we've all talked about it here. And then you consider, uh, you, you state that uh, you see January 2017 as a, 1969 repeat in many ways, and then you go in to talk about the different groups and anarchists and such, and that kind of brings us to the, this May 1st point in the history today. Uh, yeah, uh, I said all that just to ask you, are you looking at, do we, and, and I can't help but think this, we're looking at a, a civil war at our doorstep, or maybe we're already involved in the civil war, it just hasn't gone hot yet. That's right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think that um, there are a lot of parallels to say the 1968 time frame. Obviously, we haven't seen uh, high-profile assassinations. Partly, that's due to you know better security, better uh, surveillance techniques to you know find the uh, you know the shooters before they get into position, maybe. But um, I think that like 1968, this Antifa thing is going to um, branch off, and they're going to be sort of the it's going to transform from the in the 60s context, the Students for a Democratic Society, the SDS, the offshoot of that was the weather underground. They started making bombs. I think that we're going to see that, uh, especially if Antifa starts getting pushback, you know, and, and they don't just control the streets the way they do in Europe. In, in Europe, and the Antifa is, um, is virtually the brown shirts of the Brussels European Union. Uh, you know, if, if a hundred Germans waving German flags Saying less immigration, go out on the street. They get the fire hoses and the and the tear gas. You know, not a thousand Antifa's beating them. You know, so the the Antifa's are basically the brown shirts of the globalists, and it, it's not to that extent in this country. And they're getting pushback. There are a lot of patriots. You just think about the tens of thousands of soldiers that have fought in the last 15 years. They're not going to watch their country flush down the toilet. You know, for a bunch of of uh, college communists. They're just not going to. So as the Antifas get pushed back, I think that the radicals among them are going to start making bombs. And the, the other prediction I have is that um, um, even probably more than a bomb is that you have to get into the mind of of, uh, of the left or Islamic terrorists. These are both uh, totalitarian ideologies, 
that believe that the ends justify the means. So there are all's fair. There's no tactics off the table. If something's effective, you use it. So I would expect that there's going to be a, a, a shooting at an Antifa rally at Antifa. And it will be made to look like, um, you know, conservative, a conservative shooter did it. Uh, because it'll just be more effective than a bomb. It'll, it will, in, you know, all in, in one encompassing act, it'll be the assault rifle it, and it'll be, you know, the gun culture shooting against the, uh, you know, the liberal, uh, demonstrators. And, you know, the, we saw in Bosnia and uh, dozens of other places, you know, these guys are willing to drop mortar rounds on their own if they can blame it on another group. You know, it's not that Antifa will go out and shoot their own cadre. They'll usually, it'll usually be like in the, in the, uh, Russian Revolution context, you know, the Bolsheviks will shoot the cadets, but make it look like the, uh, the Mensheviks did it. You know, the, you, you don't shoot directly into your own family. You don't, and you don't shoot direct, you, you kind of make it a three corner shot. So that um, you're just standing over on the side like Little Miss Innocent, while your two enemies go at each other, and it's a complete false flag. These false flags work. You know they're they're very effective. Usually, when dictators start a war, they start it with a false flag, like Hitler did. Uh, you know that it, it with uh, dressing up. Uh, you know, was it Poles or Czechs at a radio station? You know, they false flag operations are extremely effective particularly if the, you have a corrupt media that will promote the false narrative. And it would be perfect for them. It's just sort of in line with my first novel, Enemies Foreign and Domestic, which is blamed on a right-wing militia guy uh, shooting into a stadium uh, when it's actually nothing like that. But false flags work, and I would expect that that would be something to look uh, to anticipate. It would be somebody doing a uh, magazine dump, you know, 30 rounds rapid fire from a AK or an AR you know, into a crowd of liberals uh, with clues left pointing towards, you know, the right wing. Uh, that's something I, I would, uh, it doesn't require bomb making technology. It doesn't require, you know, a lot of, a lot of smarts. Uh, you know, it's harder and harder to send parcel bombs because everything is traced. They film everybody going into the post office. And they've got, uh, you know, the, the tracking on every, everything is, has a picture of it from, from start to finish with parcels. But a, a rifle into a crowd, I think that's very likely. And that can be this, that could be something like that could be the spark that starts civil, uh, civil war. Or a, a high profile assassination would do it also. Um, and think about it. There have also already been a couple of these kooks. That have tried. There was a guy out in, uh, at a Trump rally last summer, I think it was. He came all the way from Britain, jumped a fence at a rally, trying to grab a cop's gun. It was a lame excuse for an assassination attempt, but he was very. It showed the level of motivation. You know, the hate is out there. The extreme hate is out there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, um, uh, like in 1968, uh, an assassination, which would. Overnight, you know, put 10 more degrees of uh, heat underneath the boiling kettle. That's our country right now. And Mr. Bracken, what you described with the, the, uh, you know, the false flag inside Antifa, um, you know, they have the media on their side. So right now we're seeing, you know, uh, Berkeley is a great example where a number of conservative speakers or conservative events were going to be held 
these Antifa um, protesters and rioters came, uh, started uh, started the violence, and then we saw the news media turn around and blame the Trump supporters, Donald Trump, his rhetoric, and the Trump supporters for the violence. And I believe that you're right that you know uh, you talked about the the SDFs and the offshoot of the weather underground and how how much more extreme the weather underground got you know bombing the, the pentagon and police stations and everybody knows who bill Ayers is and bernadine dorn uh you know launched the the political campaign of barack obama in their living room and well they know they know them now but in in when these things were happening in the late 60s and early 70s we still were under the you know the walter cronkite uh dan rather you know one lying press uh paradigm and that's gone now. So I would say that right now the the um, the left is losing the battle, the hearts and minds over this Antifa thing. You even have people like Elizabeth Warren saying that it's wrong to keep Ann Coulter from speaking. It's not because she likes Ann Coulter. It's because Elizabeth Warren is smart enough to realize they're losing the optics. They are looking like fascists. So, yeah. and same thing so with I, Bill I don't Mark. think that's going to... Bill Maher came out uh, uh, and said that, you know, that they're acting like a, a bunch of babies. Uh, and, and we're coming up against the break, Mr. Bracken. And, um, folks, we're talking with Matt Bracken, his website, enemiesforeignanddomestic.com. There you can get his books, and you can see those on, on the screen. I highly right recommend them. Talk about foresight. Those books... Folks, deal with what's going on in our country right today, now. right yeah. now, and, and in our globe. Uh, Mr. Bracken's going to be with us for one more segment, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. These short messages. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. 
For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Then, then prepare. Do so. And, and of course, you have uh, long-term storable food. You've got, well, you've got just a, a, a various things that, that you're, you need for preparedness. One thing that really that I kind of missed the boat on early on, and I was educated when I went to a conference recently, uh, seed banks, Tex- Texas Ready Seed Banks. They are rated the highest in the world, and for good reason. First of all, they contain regionally appropriate open-pollinated heirloom seeds. Hybrid seeds are good for only one uh, uh, one garden. They don't reproduce true to type. That's why it's necessary to pr- purchase stable heirloom seeds. Texas Ready also uses only certified seeds. Now, most seed bank companies don't because they cost more. Texas Ready, well, they believe you and I were worth it. And germination rate on their seeds is just outstanding. You can ask Joe, as a matter of fact, he's got yeah. a garden. You know, you, or, didn't, you didn't see uh, uh, didn't yesterday see it, no. when, when we were coming back and forth from, from Russ's. But I keep hearing about it. On my front porch, I have um, uh, probably about a hundred different uh, seeds that are germinating and, and they're sprouting up and uh, the ones I planted a week before the other ones are, are about ready to be moved into the actual garden. So I got to get pictures of that and I'll bring them in and we'll put them up here with Texas Ready. But they're all Texas Ready seeds. And, um, I'm just surprised at how, how fast they're growing and how healthy they look. And the, the, uh, the, for me being an amateur novice who knows nothing of well, gardening. Hey, join the club. Texas Ready Seed Banks, the official seed bank of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Each Texas Ready Seed Bank contains 80-plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual-purpose herbs, culinary, medicinal. The larger banks come with training manuals, which teach you how to garden properly, and that's what I need. But the number one seed bank company in our view, TexasReady.net. That's TexasReady.net. One more time, TexasReady.net. Our guest is Matt Bracken. His website, Enemies Foreign and Domestic. Folks, if you don't have, if you haven't read his books yet, do so. They're so timely, and they're so well-written, and uh, there they are right there. If you're watching this broadcast via YouTube, there they are. 
Okay, so uh, I, I highly recommend them. And Mr. Bracken is absolutely 100% uh, very well versed, in my view, into the current into current events. And we were talking right before the break about the uh, potential for or likelihood of a civil war. Boy, it just seems to be pining out there. The ideological divide is great indeed. And uh, yeah, what really gets me about the, these antifa, uh, as they're labeled anti-fascist. It would be like uh, back in the day, the, the KKK naming themselves the anti-racist, um, because we see that they are completely intolerant of any type of uh, ideology that they don't agree with. Everything is considered hate speech. Everything is considered, you know, everyone is a Nazi who who doesn't embrace their policies. And and Mr. Bracken, we were talking about hate speech. Uh, what do you make of? Um, you know, we, we've seen, in, you know, especially in the 90s, when you had, you know, a, a huge surge and, and boom in the in the Bible industry and in, in evangelism, you heard a lot of, um, you know, you can believe what you want, but don't don't shove your beliefs down our throats. You see it also in the uh, abortion battle, um, you know, where the the people who are pro-choice and pro-abortion, you know, they have the slogan, "Keep your hands off my body." You know, you you, you can't govern my body. And it's you know, a fallacious well, argument. All of them are. Well, right, right. But then you have this, um, you know, this, this from the same political camp, uh, you know, this, this, uh, Antifa group where they say they're anti fascist, but they use fascist techniques and fascism to oppress anything that they oppose. And they not only, it's not only enough for you to accept their belief system, but you have to believe and, and agree with their belief system. And go along with it, otherwise you're you're an, an intolerant uh, bigot. But this issue of of hate speech versus free speech, we've seen politicians uh, like Howard Dean. He's come out and said, uh, you know, well, hate speech is not protected by the Constitution. What what do you make on on this battle of of hate speech versus free speech uh, that we're seeing in the public? Well, I think that they're losing this battle on optics. You know, Dean is an, an idiot. He's always going to be. You know, tagged with the Dean screen. <laughs> uh, the, this is this works a lot better in Europe, where they don't have a First Amendment. In in Europe, they can pretty much beat people down to be afraid to say anything on social media. If you criticize, you know, the Muslim mass migration, you know, you can get a visit from the police. You can lose your job. So it's much more effective in in Europe. Uh, in the United States, they get pushback. So I I think that we're actually winning that war, even if the you know MSNBC and CNN don't cover it. Americans do see what's happening. This is why Trump won. The media can you know promote a narrative, but they they can promote fake polls, which are really just a psyops, a push poll, but they can't actually get people to go out and vote. So I'm not as concerned in the, in the United States about free speech because, in a sense, they're doing us a favor. They've been stealthily brainwashing our kids with cultural Marxism for at least 20 years, but now it's coming into the open. It's actually, you know, they're they're showing their face, and their face is a black mask. And what is it with Democrats and masks? It used to be the KKK, now it's Antifa. But, you know, when you have to hide your face, there's a reason. Uh, a, a significant number of the people that have been arrested or have been outed out, especially out in Berkeley, it turns out they either worked for uh, uh, University of California or they're uh, you know a, an adjunct professor at some other college, 
but they they you know they have to hide and it's not a signal of strength when you have to hide so i'm not as concerned about uh you know having our free speech speech stifled what i'm more concerned about is as they're outed as they feel uh, pinned in these 4chan and reddit people they're not they not only added that Eric Clanton guy the the college professor but they're making a database because these guys go to the to these rallies things like sneakers backpacks sunglasses they're connecting them from rally to rally and at each rally they might have a few different clues and this is what the FBI used to do but um you know now with modern technology and a virtual uh investigative team made up of volunteers on on uh you know on Reddit and 4chan uh they're getting I think that they're going to get more desperate that's when the the radicals among them are going to go weather underground either to make bombs or more likely uh to use the weapon of their perceived enemy the assault rifle in a false flag type of an operation but at the end of the day we're going to wind up in a civil war in this country and it won't be a rally you know people when they see antifas mixing it up with base stick man they think well well that's fine if you want to go out and do that but i just want to stay in my house you know watch television go on the internet but if the if a civil war breaks out what people have to understand is the 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 civil war is going to be at your doorstep there is no more anonymity you know unless you live way out in the country with a mile long driveway and god bless you if you do uh you know if you live in a typical suburban house if you get a somebody coming up to your house at four o'clock in the morning and unloading a magazine into your house that's a bad night and uh unless your house is made out of you know uh ballistic material mine isn't that that's the type of war it's going to be it's going to be the pizza man with the shotgun or it's going to be a fake uh a fake fedex box left on your front porch that explodes when you when you you or your kid touches it you know the the kind of war that we're going to have is going to be at the granular level because sure you don't have to go out to a rally but you're not going to be able to avoid the civil war because you didn't go to a rally you're going to be in the civil war because of something you wrote on the internet that draws some lunatic to your house at 4 o'clock in the morning with a molotov cocktail that's what the civil war is going to look like in your morning it's going to be very ugly i you know i i got to tell you i had an incident and i i'm not going to get into it but um uh it it really awakened me where somebody um somebody had known my my political biases and political positions and i had no clue who this person was or is um but as this individual drove by my home uh recognized me what i stood for and made it clear that he was not very happy with me and and this was 2 weeks ago all right now having said that which surprised me because the civility is is dropping i think that that and i believe that people are getting more and more um uh forward and 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 outspoken but you said some things here a lot of people want to want to know and i know you describe in your in your books uh you're very descriptive about things in your books folks uh enemies foreign and domestic grab his books Matt Bracken's books but you said some things what what would a civil war really look like you, you said some things there that that even making me think right now well eventually not only would it it would i think that 
it would be helpful if people study the Spanish Civil War, the Dirty War in Argentina in the 70s, and also the uh, the Northern Ireland period known as the Troubles. Um, all of these are hallmarked by false flag operations, death squads made up of off-duty policemen or secret policemen, or uh, uh, secret police that are using cutouts, you know, either gangsters or other people that they control through blackmail and other means. Uh, you'll you'll see things like uh, corrupt police departments actually using uh, you know narco gangs as their thugs, you know, because they can they to a certain extent control them. You want to keep your drug house going. You want to keep your brother out of prison. We want you to go and take out, take out this uh, right wing troublemaker. You know, that's the type of a war we're going to be fighting. So it's not just oh, you know, the guy that actually pulls the trigger might be a tattooed uh, a gangbanger, but he's doing it on the orders of some corrupt cop or, or corrupt DA who controls whether his brother is getting out of prison next week or he's in for another 10 years. That's the type of leverage that the other side is going to be able to use. Um, but once this war starts ro- rolling and people are very afraid, you know, because there are these drive-bys happening, there will be an action-reaction phase, but eventually the big prize is always going to be the electric grid. And people that are living in a, in a more rural area, if they feel that uh, that they're being totally shafted by uh, you know the, the leftists in the city, at some point it's going to occur to people that um, all we've got to do is cut off the electricity and the city dies. Because a, a city, a modern city, is is virtually and not only a city, but it's more dramatic in a city. It's it's literally like a uh, moon base with a glass dome. And the glass dome keeping out the vacuum of space is called electricity. Our cities, our culture, our society at large, it cannot survive without electricity. You have riots if the EBT system is down for a few hours in, a, in, a, in one city. It immediately goes to riots. That's the sort of Damocles hanging over us. Is, is our need, absolute need, just like a patient in an ICU hooked up to a, a blood machine and a, and a heart-lung machine, we can no longer live just walking around. We're virtually strapped into a heart-lung machine. And if somebody pulls the plug, we die. So once a civil war starts really going and there's assassinations, bombings, uh, you know, highway snipings, things like that, uh, I, I wrote something a couple of years ago. A lot of my short stories and essays can be found on my website. One I would point people to is When the Music Stops, How America's Cities Will Explode in Violence. Um, I wrote that a couple of years ago, but I think it's still um, on the mark. Uh, once this starts, eventually electricity becomes the big prize. Our cities, if they're perceived to be the enemy, you know, the, 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 uh, the, you know, the megapolis, uh, all it's going to take is a farmer with high-powered rifles, uh, you know, not to get specific, but you, know, you don't need, uh, you know, a Manhattan Project PhD to figure out how to pull the plug on a city. It's very doable. And not that I'm saying that's the only way it could happen. Our enemies could do it, and not only can they do it, what makes it more dangerous than, say, an atom- a nuclear missile strike, nuclear missiles come with a return address for mutual assured destruction. Iran could target us with a cyber attack, but make it look like North Korea did it. That makes it much more likely to happen. Or in the middle of a civil war, rural people might say, the hell with those city people. I've had it with them. 
if I'm not getting fuel deliveries, if I'm not getting you know my fertilizer and my seed, and I'm starving out here in the country, well, I'll be damned if they're going to import food and distribute it in the cities. So you take care of the electricity to the cities, no more city. Of course, then you have millions of people will be pouring out, uh, and then it's just completely anarchy, and uh, I, there's no crystal ball that can foresee how that goes. But um, I, I wrote a short story called Alas, Brave New Babylon. That's also um, on my website, on my uh, essays and articles and short stories page. But, um, you know, it, it can be brutal because – Without the food conveyor bringing food into a city, it's it's our cities are basically like a a a, a Swiss watch. It has to run perfectly, and it will run perfectly. You know, a Rolex will run for a thousand years. A self-winding Rolex will run for a thousand years. But all you got to do is shove an ice pick through it, and maybe you only damaged one cog on the whole Swiss watch. But the whole Swiss watch stops, and that's how our cities are today. Where our entire society, but particularly our cities. If the electricity goes down, if the banking system goes down through high cyber attacks or a bank collapse, then it's game over. And and that ultimately this is the big problem. I, I'm not I don't get frazzled about like abortion versus anti abortion or is this tax bill a new good tax bill or is this new budget a good budget? Because we're still in a terminal glide slope. It's a math problem, not a political problem. There's no president that can fix it. You know, it's like we've got it. We're in a 747. All four engines were on fire. You know, and there's the mountain up ahead. I'm glad we got a new pilot because the old pilot was a kamikaze. But even you know, uh, uh, Sully Sullenberger isn't going to be able to fix the 747 with four engines on fire. It's a math problem. It's entitlements that can never be paid. Eventually, the, the the curve goes, you know, vertical, and there's no more way to pay for it. There's no magic uh, Mr. Fusion, you know, from uh, Back to the Future out there that's going to cold fusion our way out of this problem. There's no miracle in the hat. We have a math problem in the end, not a political problem, and there's nobody that can that can fix the engines and get everything back because it's just gravity taking us down at this point, mathematical gravity. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or five years from now, but it's not sustainable unless maybe we do come up with Mr. Fusion or, the, you know, there's the second coming of, uh, of Jesus or something else like that. But otherwise, eventually the cities explode because we can't pay to feed them. You, you can't have a society where, half of the country is sitting at home and being fed for nothing. It's never happened in history, and it's not going to happen now. It can work for a while, but it's not going to work forever. Mr. Bracken, Mr. Bracken what, what do you what believe, believe? Um, uh, we talked about a lot of, of flashpoints uh, to get us to that to that point where we could, be, we could see our cities overrun through a civil war. What are you most concerned with is bringing us to that point? An international conflict, like a, a world war or a uh, civil war, you know, be based on you know ideology, ideological differences, or do you find something else that might be? Uh, oh, absolutely, it's civil war because you have the. You, it's like tectonic forces. It's like it's like tectonic plates going against each other, grinding against each other, and then there's going to be a snap and a release of energy, and that's going to be our civil war. 
the tectonic plates are, are you know, leftism with their allies in Islam, Islamism and versus, you know, constitutional conservatism, conservatism. And neither side is going to be swayed by the other. I'm not going to become a communist, and the communists are not going to become conservatives and believe in the Constitution. So these two tectonic plates are grinding past each other. You know, Berkeley and things like that are little tremors, pre-shocks. But the big shock is going to be when there's a major assassination, like somebody blows Air Force One out of the sky and blames it on who knows who. I don't believe almost anything that I see now, for example, in Syria, the poison gas. My first instinct is false flag. You know, I'm not saying it is. I don't have any proof one way or the other. But I no longer just say, oh, like a cow chewing the cud, watching the news. Oh, darn, <laughs> that Assad, he's using poison gas. My first instinct is my own side's lying to me. Plenty, plenty all the time. Happened in the past. It will happen in the future. But I think that it'll be a big event, like a major assassination. Uh, let's say, you know, uh, the president, God forbid, something like that. Or somebody's going to do a magazine dump or multiple magazine dump into a liberal, you know, Earth Day type rally, leaving right wing literature conveniently around. Uh, and then there's going to be hell to pay. Uh, or a, a black civil rights leader, uh, you know, a, a BLM rally getting shot up, something like that. I remember in 68 after Martin Luther King, it was very tense times in our cities, very tense times. Uh, riots in a dozen American cities. And I think that we are primed for that. It, it could be a, uh, you know, a Dylan Roof kind of person, a misguided soul, or it could be a false flag. But, um, you know, I, I think that we're in, uh, you, you go out, you go out west and you go into the forest and they have these big, uh, signs as you go into the national forest. We're on warning ultra red hot, no campfires, you know, too hot. That's our country right now. So if Korea explodes or not, I hope it doesn't, or Iran gets the bomb, I hope they don't. But our own city, we have the nitroglycerin piled up, the dynamite and the gunpowder, piled up in our cities already. So all it's going to take is the right spark, and our cities are going to go crazy. And if the anything takes down, even without the a civil uh, explosion, just something like a banking failure, anything that takes down the, the electronic benefit transfer system, that'll be enough to set it off. So it could be a benign event, just a, you know, some kind of a enemy Stuxnet virus gets loose and our computers aren't working. All we're getting is garbage on our computers. You think that can happen? It can happen. And the next thing you know, you go to the gas station, you can't get gas. Then what? Well, every Walmart will be looted within 48 hours, and I don't know how you come back from that. That's, that's not something that FEMA can do. FEMA can take care of Katrina, but they can't take care of 100 Katrinas, which is what the grid going down would be. And they couldn't even take care of Katrina, so. You know. Right. <laughs> well, right. But, but with all 50 states focusing on Louisiana, yes. But not if every state has a Katrina level, uh, you know, civil disorder going on after a collapse of electricity or just collapse of, of banking system or collapse of EBT system. Definitely some, Fantastic. uh, wow. 
some interesting some interesting things that we need to uh you know always keep in the back of our mind because as you said it could be a benign event like a computer glitch or you know one day with the ebt's not working or people who don't have access to their money or uh you know gasoline we won't know we won't know Mm -hmm. if if this happens it'll just be a couple guys in the backyard saying what do you what's your theory was it the builder burgers was it north korea (laughs) was it an act of god was it, you know, uh, a tree fell across a transformer line and started a cascade? We might just all be in the dark and not even know. But eventually, the system of feeding people a third of the country just being fed for social peace, it's a new social contract. We'll feed you if you don't riot and burn up and burn up things. Well, if we can't feed them, once you get an entitlement, you don't consider it an entitlement. You consider it a right. So people that are suddenly without their EBT card aren't going to say, well, it was good while it lasted, but it really is kind of against natural law to get fed for nothing. It's the Rudyard Kipling, the uh, copybook poem. But eventually, natural law has a way of reasserting itself, except this time technology has built such an edifice so far out over a precipice that when when the the artificial uh, uh, the artificial supports the electricity the EBT system when they go away there are going to be millions of people that can't feed themselves and are very angry because it's like you took away their air or their water to take away their EBT card they're not going to just sit at home they're going to go to the store and loot it first thing every store. And I don't know what you do after that. As you said, it's going to be very difficult to come back after that. Matt Bracken, a man I regard very highly, and certainly I believe is an American hero, an American patriot, obviously, and uh, his website, Enemies Foreign and Domestic, his books, incredible incredible uh, uh, foresight that Mr. Bracken had uh, uh written. We only have about a minute left, Mr. Bracken. Which one of, the, of your books is your favorite? The one I'm writing right now, which will be out in a couple months. But, um, you know, anybody that's interested, all of my books, just on my website, about the first quarter of the books are on the website, not just like a teaser chapter. So any of my books, just pick one by the cover or any other reason, and like the first, you know, 10 out of 30 chapters are on the website. So if you like it, you know, Read the read them or read my essays and short stories that are also I have a links page. They're mostly out on the internet, um, and I have a collected anthology also on Kindle. All my books are on Amazon and on Kindle. Uh, but um, I would re- I would recommend any of my books. You can read the first quarter to a third. For you know, just they're on my website. And the same thing with my essays and short stories. And I can't wait for your next next book to come out. Uh... Uh, thank you for continuing to write. We really appreciate that. Your insight is uh, second to none, as well as your information, your education, and, uh, well, I want to say inspiration, because there is some there, but certainly the flat-out, here's-the-way-it-is kind of approach. Love it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That was Matt Bracken, EnemiesForeignAndDomestic.com. I want to thank him for joining us tonight. That was a very informative Three whole segments breaking down a number of issues from Love it, the North Korean situation, what's happening on Syria, 
the political divide here in our country, the the domestic situation, and the economy, and the um, he's the right about the right for dangers. Yeah. yeah, he's right, man. Um, you know, it doesn't. It's not going to take much to to push us over the edge, especially in the climate that we are in today. When we come back, um, it's just going to be my father and I. We're going to do a little uh, news and and um, you know wrap up the show. So don't go anywhere. We have one segment left on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric said. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Train Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either, but they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues, and so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changelessandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Radio 
television studios here in Northwest Pennsylvania. Thank you, Global Star. Thank you, Todd and Don and everyone there. Thank you so very much for broadcasting our show. Uh, also, BTR. We're on BTR as well as YouTube Live and YouTube via Archive, BTR via Archives, Global Star via Archive. We're there. We're everywhere. Thank you so much. You know, it's uh, so much has happened over the last several weeks with respect to um, assaults on the uh, media, the new media, the independent media, the truly independent media. It's it's amazing to see so many attacks. It's um, I I don't think we've ever lived through a time like to, like this, and I would urge everyone to to really support those people who. Support in prayer, support in unity, support by word of mouth, especially the the sources of information, where you get your information from, and I think it's so important. By the way, folks, we're going to be at Awaken to the Shaken at the end of the week, Friday night and Saturday night, May 5th and 6th. Can you believe it's May already? I mean, think about this. We just went, the, the, what happened to New Year's Eve and day and stuff, right? It's May, May 1st, May Day. So we're already... We're already well into the second quarter of the year. It's 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 phenomenal. But anyway, May fifth and sixth, awaken to the shaken. If you're even within a day's drive of Gurney, Illinois, I don't know how many seats are left. Uh, we'd love to see you out there. We'd love to meet you. I know that we're gonna have some people that we're gonna meet. Uh, just just go to uh, com or HagmanReport.com. Click on the link. Register if you if you can if you can be there. It's going to be a, a relatively short, brief, intimate conference. When I say intimate, just a you know a few, several hundred of our friends, I guess, right? But um, Russ Dizar is going to be there, and Pastor Paul Bagley, and John Robertson's coming, and it's uh, it's going to be really on point. And there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of information given. Uh, trust me when I tell you. Plus, water baptism as well. And and Pastor Paul wanted. Uh, uh, Pastor Paul Bigley wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. Also, you know, speaking of good books, Matt Bracken's written some great books, as so has T.C. Joseph, This Generation series of novels, thisgenerationseries.com. Book one is Precipice, book two, Pentecost, and book three, Penance. This, this man, T.C. Joseph, number one, he's an incredible guy. Yeah, likable, incredible, um, very well-versed, very articulate, just a tremendous writer. The books have gotten great reviews from Blue Ink and Kirkus. Uh, you cannot find, in my view anyway, a better uh, series. It's fiction, but it's not really, because the events on the horizon are, are really laid out in these three books. And Folks, go go to thisgenerationseries.com or buy them on Amazon. Uh, again, book one is Precipice, book two is Pentecost, and book three is Penance. This is a guy, by the way, I'd love to have coffee with. And I'm, I'm going to get the chance to. I really am. He's uh, an incredible writer and very gifted. All right. Now, um, and as by the way, as Matt Bracken said, too, and I just want to kind of reemphasize this point, you know, we don't know... Uh, Stay right there. We don't know. <laughs> I hit my microphone. For those listening and, and, and not visually uh, on this, I hit my microphone and knocked away. Um, the the news of today. We don't know if we're going to 
we don't really know what's going to happen, but we know something is going to happen. Something is ha- Things are happening right below the surface. You might look out over the landscape and see a kind of a serene pond, maybe a few ripples here and there. But man, is stuff churning under the surface. And again, the, the this fight that we're in, I believe, is multifaceted and asymmetrical. The fight that we are that we are involved in, which we are involved, is asymmetrical. You've got you've got all of the uh, groups, the the Obama related groups, the Woods Fund, the Woods Fund, the uh, Joyce and Annenberg Foundations, the the uh, Barack Obama, William Ayers is coming out now, uh, the anti-Trump specific activist groups such as Indivisible Guide, well, as, as defined by, or as, uh, evidenced by IndivisibleGuide.com, and Indivisible, the group Indivisible, MoveOn.org, RefuseFascism.org, the Obama Foundation, big part, uh, organizing for action that began, of course, remember back Obama, the community organizer, and evolved into OFA. You've got um, uh, uh, 2017 TMBCO, Bob Ferguson, Judge uh, James Robart. You've got um, various protest groups, very specific to uh, to to uh, delegitimize President Trump. You've got the immigration groups from American Friends Services. Uh, uh, and American Immigration Council to Urban Just- Justice Center and on and on. Then you've got uh, Arab Muslim groups or your black activist groups, for example, BLM, Black Alliance for Just Immigration. You've got, you've got at least two dozen black activist groups and you got Latino activist groups and you got Arab Muslim immigration groups. Uh, you got pro-Palestinian, pro-Iranian, anti-Israeli activism groups and anti-Israeli activism groups. Man, are they fighting the fight right now? They're engaging and notice that it's difficult really to, to engage in any kind of, kind of conversation without some level of anti-Semitism creeping in. And it's always veiled under the Zionist veil. And have you noticed how antagonistic? You see, see, Zionism is one thing. The nation-state people of Israel is another. Just like we talk about the deep state, for example, that is behind the mechanism of the United States, behind the leadership of the United States, the deep state. There is a difference between that deep state and the people of the United States. A huge difference. So it is with Zionism, the political Zionists, or even a step above the uh, the uh, uh, Kabbalists and such. Okay, you've got that, but that's always it filters into this anti-Semitic, anti-Israel movement. And that's a shame. It really is. Uh, and I am not, uh, you know, I, I just see this ramping up. And it is troublesome because Israel, when you look at end times prophecy, Israel is at the at the epicenter of end times prophecy. And so, so the relevance cannot be understated in my view. So having said all of that, then you've got the... the um, 
the confluence of events with Syria, Joe, and 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 North Korea, and and as they, as 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 we here in America come to the ideological brink and the divide, and uh, along with perhaps the. Uh, banking system collapse and people might say well that's never going to collapse or we're never going to be to get to an all cash or no cash system of course we will it's just a matter of time i happen to very quickly and then i'm going to i'll turn it back to, to you joe i was um i happened to to be up very early this morning and um i was just going through some postings of some just kind of going through the, the various uh, forums and what have you. And the what I'm seeing here on, on the Internet in, in, in different groups, I'm, aside from the, the uh, political divide, the, the ideological divide politically, what I'm seeing is this. Those people who are attempting to warn others like we are, and, and I... You might say, oh, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing about this. The people who are attempting to warn others about the real threats that we face are suffering the greatest attacks on the planet. Whether those people are in Germany writing about the immigration or in Canada writing about the anti-blasphemy laws or in the United States writing about whatever it is we collectively or individually may write be writing about the fight has been engaged and it is a fight that is for me looking at this it's for all the marvels because once the independent media is taken out of the equation you've got nothing you got nothing it's the basis of everything i believe whether it be from Infowars to us to True News to, I mean, you name it, you've got nothing. So, some political news out there. Uh, there's an interesting headline out of the Wall Street Journal, um, and we just had Trump's 100 days, the the first 100 days, and we saw, um, we see what's going on with. Uh, if you look on Drudge, there's a uh, you know. Um, a big mess with the Republicans' budget that apparently has more pages than the Bible. It's a $1.1 trillion spending bill that basically um, they gave up every concession the Republicans did to the Democrats in this bill. It has more pages than the Obama stimulus package. It does not include border wall funding. Um, and they, uh, the pundits and, and people inside Washington, expect a battle between Republicans and Republicans. And um, this is, I believe this was the, the bill to keep the the government funded. Um, but back to the Trump's first 100 days. Democrats ponder whether resisting Donald Trump, Trump is enough. Party activists believe, uh, are wondering if Democrats need to do more to resist Trump. The Tom Perez, the uh, head of the DNC, sent out an email about the Democratic Party's position in Trump's first hundred days. 
And in the email they he wrote, yesterday we marked Donald Trump's 100th day in office and much more importantly, 100 days of resistance, declared a weekend email message from party chairman Tom Perez. The message that used the word resistance three times. Um, and they're starting to ask the question, is uh, resistance is not enough, they're saying. Uh, they said the anti-Trump focus of much uh, on of the labor and Hillary Clinton campaign was not enough. They argue that the Democrats need to lay out a new agenda, their own agenda, that should start with a focus on democracy in all of its forms. Um, and they go through a list and whatnot. But, you know, a lot of the grievances are are things like this. With Maxine Waters, she was interviewed yesterday on MSNBC. And she actually, <laughs> I saw three separate articles with three completely different storylines about her interview. And this was one of them. Um, Waters comments on Trump's illegal immigration uh, and Maxine Waters is a Democrat representative from California she was interviewed by Joy Reid on MSNBC and during the interview Joy played a clip of Trump decrying a surge in illegal immigration where he said despite voter concerns the federal government did not enforce immigration laws well what was uh, uh, her response to that she goes on to say that his remarks, that is absolutely racist, she says. She calls it dog whistling. Uh, Waters told Hoist Joe Reed before arguing that Trump used Latinos to create fear in his constituency. She also called Trump a pathological liar. Now, I find it just very interesting. We see this over and over uh, when it comes to uh, these insane liberals commenting on on what Trump is doing, specifically with illegal immigration. We, we had last week uh, the lady from The View, Joy Bear? Behar. Behar. Um, they said that, and Andrea Mitchell, both of them came out separately and said that they're no longer going to refer to illegal immigrants as illegal immigrants. They're going to refer to them as undocumented uh, citizens or undocumented aliens. And Maxine Waters here is calling uh, Donald Trump's remarks, saying that we're having a surge in illegal immigration, racist. So you have people who are not going to, uh, you know, the word illegal immigration, the first word in there is illegal, illegal immigrant. They are here illegally. Nancy Pelosi, she came out uh, yesterday and made a remark um, that only illegal, the only illegal immigrants that should be deported are those who commit crimes. This is the mentality we're dealing with from the left, being called racist for wanting to enforce laws that have been on the books since forever. Um, you know, the not having the mental <laughs> the mental capability to understand that being here illegally is already breaking the law, and the refusal to even identify illegal immigrants as illegals by saying that they're you know undocumented citizens or undocumented aliens. It's truly astounding the level of um, the mental blockage or, or ignorance that we see um, from the left, whether it is it is uh, done on purpose, whether they're paid to do it, or whether they're really you know that incompetent that they do it, uh, it's yet to be known. But it's all crazy, regardless. I want to know how many people saw this story. This is something that might be a little filler piece in some of the mainstream uh, news. The FBI translator who went rogue and married an ISIS terrorist. There was an FBI translator who held top-secret security clearances who was, in 2014, working uh, to fight ISIS in Syria. 
Now, this, uh, the rogue employee, uh, Delina Green, lied to the FBI about where she was going and traveled to Syria in 2014 and married a key ISIS operative that she had been assigned to investigate. She also informed him that he was under investigation, according to uh, court records. And it goes on to say, Green Saga, which has never been publicized, exposes an embarrassing breach of national security at the FBI, an agency that has made a mission of rooting out ISIS sympathizers across the country. Well, this is a CNN report, so uh, some of this is is, uh, obviously false. But it also goes on to talk about, did Green receive favorable treatment from the Justice Department prosecutors, prosecutors who charged her with a relatively minor offense, even in the face of her treason? And then they asked the judge, the Democrat, uh, the Justice Department prosecutors asked the judge to reduce the sentence in exchange for her cooperation. We remember um, Bergdahl. Was it Bergdahl who was the uh, soldier who deflected and went and joined Al-Qaeda or the Taliban that we saw President Obama exchange prisoners, terrorist prisoners from Guantanamo Bay for the return of Bergdahl. And now, you know, uh, it seems that this trend continues, not only from the Obama administration, but the Obama administration holdovers and the, the people in the Department of Justice. And, um, you know, we still see the support for the rebels, which is nothing more than Al-Qaeda and, and uh, you know, other terrorist organizations. But I wonder, uh, you know, I'm sure this is a unique case in the fact that the FBI uh, tasked to assigned to this terrorist actually went and married the terrorist but it makes you wonder how many times um, things like this happen where people use the information that they were given under top secret security clearance to inform the enemy of what is happening and who's under investigation and, and to try to save them from being prosecuted I'm sure it happens a lot more than we really know about um, Yeah, you know I just want to throw this out there what we're seeing today, especially the, the things that are not being reported on, and um, some relate to, for example, the pedophilia, the huge pedophilia elite um, criminal enterprise. I don't know. We we could describe it in, in any any number of different ways. Uh, I, I want to mention this before we get uh, before the end of the program here this evening. We know, uh, I, I think it's important to really state this because this cannot be allowed to go away. The sexual abuse of children, the human trafficking, uh, that we see going on, it cannot be allowed to just go away. And I don't think it will. Uh, just briefly, uh, I just want to kind of touch on a few things. I, I do know. In fact, last week when, uh, I don't know how many people, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. I, I had uh, a couple of reporters from the Rolling Stone magazine here talking to me, interviewing me about this. But um, I would I would hope everyone listening to this broadcast uh, understands that that the pedogate pedophilia is as is, is difficult as it is to really speak about. It is true. All right. Now, some elements, for example, as they were portrayed on on some forums and such, as 
they are understood to be Pizzagate. Not such. Not, okay, not true. Uh, there are some diversions. There are some misinformation. Some some information that was not accurate and uh, misdirected attribution. Which uh, that's a good case for that. But one of the things I just want to, and I'll, I'll be talking about this in, in May uh, at, at the conference in Gurney, Illinois. One thing I would really want people to to really focus in on is the the currency that is the children, um, the currency that is the organ harvesting. And speaking of organ harvesting, George Webb, W-E-B-B, has been on our program before, does a great job in talking about rat lines and such, and, and also the investigative reporting he's doing is incredible. It's great work. George Webb on the on uh, YouTube. But I just want to say that, uh, like everything else, if you go back into the 60s, and I would compare what's taking place with some of the people involved in revealing the pedophilia of today. If you go back into the 60s and compare it to uh, Dorothy Kilgallen, for example, there was just an article uh, about Dorothy Kilgallen released, I think it was today or yesterday. Dorothy Gilgallen was a uh, a writer. She was she wrote a column for newspapers. She was on What's My Line, I believe it was, or To Tell the Truth, I think. Uh, one of those old game shows. Well, Mark Shaw, the former legal analyst for USA Today, CNN, and this has written about and talked about uh, the Dorothy Kil- the, the suspicious death of Dorothy Kilgallen. The reason I bring this up, if you look at the template back in the 60s after the biggest crime of the century uh, the murder of JFK and the witnesses the people involved in, in the investigation or at least involved in saying I'm going to break this wide open if you take that template of, of people who have died or were murdered and you take it and superimpose it over today over people today and look at some of the suspicious deaths surrounding the investigation of Pizzagate uh, Breitbart comes to mind. And some people might say, oh, that's just hooey. Well, okay. Say what you will. Just take, just look into that. Um, but one of the biggest points, and, and, and I'm going to end with this and, and kind of toss it back to Joe here. But one of the biggest things that I've noticed is the, the, the largest pushback and the most threatening uh, the most threatening uh, communications I've, I've received have been related to this topic. Whether it's what is known, what people know as Pizzagate or Pedogate, the larger sense, in, in the larger sense. We are certainly pushing forward with our investigation. We do know that uh, there have been, in fact, there, there was just a, a somebody arrested here, uh, 143 or 148 charges. I think it was in West Virginia, of child abuse. Take a look at the... uh, Folks, I want want you to take a look since the first of the year how many charges of pedophilia or child uh, sexual abuse or child trafficking, kidnapping, whatever, or even child pornography. Note the significant rise of charges. It is significant, and it is something that... It should be telling of something larger taking place going on right now. Um, 
I just want to bring that up because I think it's important because this does propel a lot of what we're seeing here going on domestically. This is really the Achilles heel of the deep state elites, and this is where they're most vulnerable. However, this is where a lot of people are more are vulnerable, vulnerable, even some on the conservative Republican or conservative side. Those people who espouse morals publicly but then are compromised by this privately. Keep your eye on this. We're going to be pushing forward with additional information on this, additional revelations on this, folks. But I just wanted to bring that up. The template hasn't changed from the 60s. That's why I mentioned Dorothy Kilgallen. There's another uh, uh, person, uh, uh, I believe her name was uh, uh, Mary. Was it Mary? Yeah, Mary Mayer. Who uh, was was the, the, the same template? All of these people back in the '60s, surrounding, for example, the Kennedy assassination, and look at the subject of, of Pizzagate or Pedogate, whatever you want to call it, larger case of Pedogate. Same template. It, very interesting as we see this progress. But uh, Joe, I'm going to turn it back to you. I just wanted to kind of throw that in there, so it, it's kind of a bookmark, uh, full stop. And when you, by the way, one last thing, when you see people, and especially the people who are either journalists or say they're journalists or authors, when you see them um, disparage the citizen journalists and investigators for this topic, do yourself a favor. Take a second look at them. All right. Just be very wise as to who you might follow. Very interesting events taking place. Go ahead. Yeah, we know that today is uh, May 1st, May Day. And just give you some updates on what's going on there. We have um, protests that have broken out in Los Angeles as well as Seattle. Um, but apparently a lot of Trump supporters showed up in Seattle and took over the Antifa protest, took over the stage that they were protesting from and uh, shut down their rally. But at the same time in Portland, you have um, a bunch of violence and arrest as a May Day protest in Portland turned it into a riot. Uh, police uh, determined it was a riot, and some police cars have been uh, have been destroyed, and at least uh, six protesters have been arrested in Portland near City Hall where police canceled a permitted protest over unsafe conditions. Um, and now they've determined it to be a riot. The protesters ran around not only uh, smashing police cars, but broke windows of a of a Target store and a, a number of other buildings, including the Portland Federal Building. And um, the police started to to swarm to swarm in. And um, after they determined it was a riot, leave the studio, Doc. Uh, 5:30 p.m. Portland time. The Portland police tweeted that the riot has subsided. Uh, they will patrol downtown Portland as things continue to de-escalate, but they also sent out a tweet telling people not to come out if you live in Portland. Stay uh, away from downtown as the protest had turned into a riot. And we talked about Germany uh, as well as in Paris. There were some violent protests and riots that have uh, erupted there as well, but um, I'd say a pretty quiet day. You know, a lot of people expected much more, but as Matt Bracken said, that it is a, a more uh, European and less of an American tradition to uh, protest on, on May Day. Now, uh, 
One more interesting story. The U.S. has issued a travel alert for Europe, citing the threat of terror attacks for the next four months. The United States State Department issued a threat, uh, a travel alert for Europe on Monday, saying the U.S. citizens should be aware of a continued threat of terror throughout the whole continent of Europe, citing recent incidents in, in France, Russia, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and said the Islamic State and Al-Qaeda have the ability to plan and execute terrorist attacks in Europe. So there you have that, and that'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe, God bless, have a great evening, and say goodnight to Batman. Thank <laughs> you.